Oh. Yeah. Uh, hey, you did awesome, man. You're twice the size, and we and you just went with us, and you let us take care of you. <laughs> you're a weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, you're <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Amber's. Hey, let me tell you, Bernie couldn't breathe. And Bernie wouldn't have known that he had a mouthful of water. <laughs> Bernie had no fear factor. <laughs> Bernie ripped it up. It's just Bernie! Weekend at Bernie's. Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We are up to episode four of Australian Survivor Season 2 Celebrity Survivor, fresh off the back of a great interview last week with the White Witch Fiona Horn. I hope you've all gone and bought her book and read it and gotten yourself all witched up and prepped for more episodes because if you got yourself witched up you might want to put some sort of witch curse on the woman who voted her out and that might work because that woman then might get voted out this week so that is a potential there this is of course an episode that first aired on the 7th of september 2006 and this is an interesting one this one's uh got a bit going in it it's got some moments in it which i've been waiting to get to and got to say, this this is an episode, we talked about uh, a couple of weeks back how episode three is maybe one of the most important episodes in Australian Survivor history, just in terms of setting up this franchise. This is another one which I feel has got a lot going in it that is going to be very vital to talk about for the Australian version of Survivor. But we'll get into that right now by starting off by my name is Ben and Mo So, Mo So, Mo So. <laughs> It's definitely Moso all the way. Hey, Ben. Hey, listeners. As always, Matt Dyson here to talk all things Celebrity Survivor. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Fiona Horn again. How good was that interview? That was, that was uh, you know, fantastic to, to listen to her, um, you know, talk you know, and hear about her love for Survivor and um, all her memorabilia. Fantastic. I mean, one of the best collections I think we're going to see this season. But uh, just while we're on Fiona Horn too, I... She mentioned, yeah, we, we talked about her being on Beauty and the Beast and, and that's how I knew her um, back in the day. Um, she mentioned Doug Mulray. Now, Doug Mulray, of course, took over hosting after Stan Zamanik and it just got me thinking. So after the show, I did a bit of YouTubing on Beauty and the Beast, Doug Mulray, and uh, I came and just happened to come. There's all these clips from back in the day, the Beauty and the Beast. I just happened to click on one and it was just a coincidence. The one I clicked on... Um, Basically, they're talking about adoption. And Fiona on the show uh, let everyone know that she was actually adopted and that later in life she actually tracked down her, her you know, biological mother. And it was just it was just another element to Fiona Horn, like just hearing this. And I actually messaged Fiona after that and we, we you know just had a bit of a chat about it. And 
Yeah, she is just a, a, a fantastic woman, isn't she? Like, there's just nothing she hasn't done in life. And, and just to hear her story and and to hear that on, on that YouTube clip about how, you know, after all those years, she, she tracked down her biological mother. And it just shows her, it shows us like just how, you know, she, she just never backs down from anything. You know, she, she gets in there and, and that's how she played Survivor. And, you know, I think after watching this episode, it's actually a little bit sad that Fiona's gone with this episode. You know, I would like to see more of her. You can definitely tell the crush is sad that you've lost her because here we are, um, not even on this episode, and you're already missing her what with, with all the love and the research and everything that you've been watching on her during the week. So, uh, I mean, did you ever think, Matt, just on a random tangent, as a kid that you would be messaging your celebrity crush like 20s i know you're happily married you know proud father all that sort of stuff not implying anything but i'm just saying like as a kid i don't ever think i could have ever imagined that i would be messaging natalie portman and clearly that's going to happen one day so i mean you fiona horn you know it's dreams come true ben i never even thought i'd get the opportunity to to, to host a a podcast with you see could you the esteemed ben waterworth so uh, the dream messaging fiona horn and podcasting with ben you didn't have very big dreams but look, it, and to be honest, I was, I was a bit um, intrigued about Doug Mulray as well. Is, is Doug someone that we wanted on on Survivor? Did you are you aware of? Do you know of Doug Mulray? I, look, I I know who you're talking about. I I I never really watched Beauty and the Beast. Like I think it was um, a bit before your time. I think. Well, it was it was also I don't think not really shown in Tasmania because I think I've explained before that we had a weird TV station situation, whereas like we had. A channel called Southern Cross, which basically combined Channel 7 and Channel 10 shows together. And they mainly showed Channel 7 shows. So it was rare that we would get, like, we would miss out on a lot of Channel 10 content. And then eventually when digital TV became a thing, they essentially created this channel called TDT, Tasmanian Digital Television, which exclusively showed Channel 10 shows. So then Southern Cross said, fuck you, we're going to get rid of all the Channel 10 shows and you have to buy a digital set-top box. And this was years before they eventually, you know, switched off the signal. So I remember, you know, we didn't get Big Brother in Tasmania unless you had a digital TV uh, after like season two or season three. So my long-winded answer to that is that Beauty and the Beast, I think, was shown on that, and then I didn't have it for a while. And from what I knew of it, it was very limited. So, um, I, again, I know who you're talking about. I just don't really have much of an opinion on the guy. I'm, I'm starting to understand why there's never been a genuine Tasmanian actually players trained survivor. Cause <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, <laughs> it's getting way. They, <laughs> they think Whaler's Way is the new season this year, 2021. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, Doug Mulray, he was a comedian, uh, radio and television presenter. Um, but uh, I, look, I didn't know who Doug Mulray was until he did do the last couple of seasons hosting uh, Beauty and the Beast. But yeah, it was just, look, I, I do some of this weird stuff. I just, I like to read up on stuff afterwards. If I find out something on one of these ones that Google things straight away and I'll read for hours. And and uh, of course, when, when Fiona mentioned Doug Mulray, I thought that's a name I've not heard in a long time. So of course, couldn't help myself. And yeah, just just happened to the one there was heaps of videos but the one video I, I clicked on just happened to be Fiona Horn talking about her being a doctor and, I, and it just yeah it, it really did it just made me thought geez man there's so much more to this 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 woman you know and and uh you know she as we know she's done so many amazing things but I, I would have loved to have seen her play a lot longer but look it wasn't to be um another thing we tracked down to that 
that interview with Don Burke. Now we, you know, on this, we love talking Don Burke on on this. On I, I debated sharing that. I'm glad I only shared a little bit of that because again, I don't know the legal ramifications around Don Burke and you know 2021. <sighs> Can I just say, Ben, any chance any chance we get to bring up Don Burke on ASA, we have to do it, okay? <laughs> We're the one podcast that, that you know, <sighs> goes that way. I actually, the one that, and we are going to get into this episode, folks, don't worry. The, the one that I am sad we didn't really get much of a chance to talk about because it actually is a little bit topical with some of the stuff that's happened recently around Britney Spears is the fact that Fiona Horn, of course, interviewed Britney Spears. We shared that on our social media when she was just starting out. And there was kind of some of the stuff that she was interviewing Britney Spears about, which is kind of rearing its ugly head today, is, well, you shouldn't have done this. This is a bad way to treat it. And this was coming from a female interviewer, not a male interviewer, which is where a lot of this negativity is coming from. So, uh, yeah, fascinating. Like, seriously, people, search Fiona Horn on YouTube. You're going to get a lot more content than you ever imagine. And I, in a million years, never thought that my Kevin Bacon number now to Britney Spears is one. So... Uh, I'm, I'm, that, I'm that closer to Britney now, Matt. So, um, and while you're YouTubing, YouTube Don Burke as well. Why yeah. not? The, Why the not? Tracy Grimshaw interview, maybe to see <laughs> yes. where, where he's right now. There's Tracy Grimshaw. She she'd be good on Survivor. I'd, I'd watch Tracy yeah. on uh, Survivor episode format, though. We sadly don't have Fiona anymore, but got to say that people who again like to talk down on this season pretend it doesn't exist. This is another episode where I feel people need to watch and take appreciation to because if this was a Channel 10 episode, people would be applauding the the strategy, applauding the blind side, applauding the fact that the alliances are shifting and there's so much happening. It's very unpredictable. You know, again, we, we defend and love Whaler's Way Season 1, but there's no unpredictability to the voting. It, it, it is what it is. It's going to be the same way throughout the entire season, basically, with the exception of, you know, one or two votes. I mean, this is our fourth episode and we know there are alliances, but things are shifting. Uh, you know, we've literally had a tribe swap, which has changed everything. And from having a massive shift a week ago, where it's all of a sudden you've got Amber flipping to side and, and you know, take out one of her own, to now we've got <laughs> the same thing happening a week later, to now Amber getting flipped on and having another one take her out. And Again, this is what people love about Modern Survivor. They love blind sides. They love alliance, you know, changing up, things like that. So this is an episode I feel that people need to watch. Pretend this is a Channel 10 episode, and all of a sudden we're talking about this is one of the best Australian Survivor episodes of all time in terms of strategy. So um, props for this episode for, for bringing that out. Props to editing. This is a brilliantly edited episode, and the story, the narrative of this season is being told very well with the setup for next week. So I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I know you talked heavily up episode three, Matt, and I wasn't as high on that as, as you were, but I, I think this is a much better episode in terms of just what it's setting up and kind of just the shifting of alliances. We get everybody gets screen time in this episode. Uh, there's funny moments. There's some dicko moments. We get basically a, a naked wet orgy at Tribal Council. I mean, what's not to love about this episode? And there's Mosso, Mosso, Mosso. And Ben, even better, we get a new queen anointed. I think you've jumped the gun calling Queen Queen Imogen. Uh, no, I haven't, Matt. Sorry, Amber. They're, 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 they're quick to anoint a queen without proper uh, anointing rules. Uh, I mean, Amber's Matt. a queen. She is. But I'm sorry, Imogen is the higher queen. <laughs> I'm just saying that David's called it. He's, he's Queen Amber. And later, Amber talks in the third person as Queen Amber. So... Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know. First I'm a, I'm a Survivor contestant to do so, and maybe the only. <laughs> Do we ever have a queen in Channel 10 version? I can't remember. I don't know. We've got the king, obviously, king of the jungle, Luke Toki. But, yeah, so Amber, well, yeah, who, who knows? But, uh, but you're right. It, it is a great episode. And I love that we start off on night seven here straight after Tribal Council. So I love these ones where they start, you know, straight when they come back. And, and obviously, we get a confessional from Amber. She's talking about that, that you know, she voted for, for Fiona because she was an over, overbearing character. Of course, that's when David calls her Queen Amber because, look, David's happy. David's still there, you know. David knew that he was close to going home, but he managed to talk Amber into to, to, to changing the vote to Fiona. Um, and that, you know, of course, Amber's saying now in a confessional that David and Elton owe her one, and we'll see whether that actually happens or not. And this is where the, the editing comes into play, why I'm so high on the editing, because it is that storytelling narrative. An episode of Survivor, as we've talked about before, you know, should have a beginning, a middle, and end, and it should all make sense. And this is a perfect setup. This is, you know, setting us up that Amber's come back and she said why she did what she did, and then she's basically like, well, you know, these guys owe me one now for what I've done, and hopefully they'll follow through with that. And then ultimately they're not. They're going to backstab her. And it's kind of the long-winded narrative of why Amber then gets backstabbed. So, and, and at the end of the day, it's not even Elton and David who are the ones who really stab her in the back, like you could argue. But Elton and David didn't really, like, they're going to say anything to save themselves. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I, I hold Justin responsible for this vote. This is Justin's move to me, this episode. So well, um, it's, it's, in, it's interesting. Elton and David didn't know Fiona or anything. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. So. Like, they're saving themselves. You're going to say that. Like, if, if, you know, in your season, all of a sudden you're, you know, Shawnee and that save you, uh, and they're like, oh, you owe me because I saved you. I mean, at the end of the day, you survived the first vote. Fuck that. Like, great. I got yes. what I wanted. Move on. You're not my plans. Of course. Like, yeah. That's that's exactly what this is. And this goes to show the brilliance of David, that David can just kind of, you know, slap his hands together and brush it off. Elton actually has a pretty strong episode with what he's thinking as well. Um, and and Justin, again, as well. Like, I, I really appreciate everything that we get with Moso in this episode. And I'm generally I've been, I think, more Team Cool. I think we both have. But Moso, this is, this is a very strong Moso episode. We get a lot of Elton in this episode, don't we? A lot to talk about Elton, but we flip straight over to day eight, and this is interesting. We get we get a confessional straight up from Amber. She's talking about how she's you know she's feeling drained. You can see that it's the game starting to take a little bit of a toll, which is surprising because she's just made a big move. You know, she she's she was the one that decided to get rid of Fiona, so and and it worked. But but you can just tell like the game's starting to get to her a little bit. We get a great confessional from Justin here. He's I don't know. Like he, he's not too happy because he, he says that you know, he, he told Amber it was a um, it was a big risk voting out the original Moso members and and that now they don't have the numbers. So he knows now basically if you go on the original tribe alliances, it's two two. So Justin he he's aware of this game. He knows how this game works. He knows it's all about numbers, you know. And he, yeah, he, he's worried now that it, it is two two, um, and he, he's probably thinking that maybe David and Elton aren't going to stick to their word. And, that, and that's where I think, you know, we talk about MVPs of the episode. I, I'm almost going to give it to Justin this week because, like, yeah, J- Justin's rightfully annoyed. Like, if, if you're in any alliance, it's a game, but, like, at the end of the day, if you're in a, an alliance and somebody stabs you in the back and you're all of a sudden on the outs, you're going to be pissed off. 
And, you know, Justin assumed that they were in a strong position, that the original Moso had the numbers three to two, so there was no reason for Amber to flip. Amber's explained why she flipped, and Justin's pissed off. So, you know, that's the risk of what Amber's done, is that she's going to piss someone off like that, who's then easily going to be able to flip to Elton and David, who at the end of the day, they don't give a fuck. They've survived. They shouldn't have survived the first one, so they're just going to do whatever they can at the moment to survive again. So they're sitting pretty. So, yeah, Justin's... Justin's great this episode and it's it's not just the one challenge that we'll get to with Justin um, which is maybe the funniest moment of this season but um yeah I, like and I love like I know I'm jumping way ahead but is it just before uh tribal council the way he kind of like we've talked before about the Justin Melvy dramatic pauses uh and the way he kind of sits there and he's like is it best to vote off Amber I <laughs> don't know and i re-listened to amber's interview that we did uh the backdoor pilot back on the oz network and she she talked a lot about how she would often glare over at justin over the fire and he'd be doing like the days of our lives look off into the camera look you know the pose so i mean justin melv is used to a good dramatic pause or two but i mean he brings out the bacon here as Elton flatly bringing out the bacon too, the smashing shit, doing blokey shit, climbing fucking trees, the Aussie lush of Australian survivor, Elton flatly. Before we get to the great coconut climbing incident here, David and Elton, are they, would they have made one of the best power couples if, if it would have lasted a lot longer, mm. those two? They seem like a great little couple. Underrated. David and Elton. They are, yes, because we see here, this is classic. Of course, who's going to climb a coconut tree? If you, if you had to pick one person for the castle, who's going to, of course it was going to be Elton. <laughs> but who's the one that's down below that, that that's barking the orders? Of course, the puppet master himself, yeah. David Oldfield. He's up there. He, he lets Elton get up and do all the dirty work, Gets up, climbs all the way to the top. And then, of course, Elton gets here, doesn't know how to you know, rip down the, the coconut. So <laughs> David's yelling at you, you, you pull him off. You've know, you got, you got to rip him off. And then, of course... Um, Elton just just grabs him and just and then you know just grabs him and they all fall down and then and then David's like, oh all like that you know like but you can just tell that David's trying to you know trying to bark the orders from from down below and it's just I don't know it's just they seem like a great duo to me you know to to play this game would love to have seen them last a lot longer together and like this is I think yeah I absolutely agree with you and I think kind of we talk about you know the power couples in this season how it's it's Wayne and Leachy and Imogen yeah. and Nicole. And I will still argue that Nicole and Imogen are maybe the most powerful, greatest duo in the history of Australian Survivor. Are completely unbreakable. Absolutely unbreakable. I'm not saying Wayne and Leachy aren't, but we just didn't get to see them go as long. It's um, Imogen and Nick. Imogen and Nick. Thank you. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, like, David and, and Elton's underrated. But the thing is that I see this as, like, this is just David. This is just David latching on to what's best for him, and this is why David is so good. This this is, you know, no different to what the Golden God does in, in Channel 10. You know, like, this is what modern Survivor players do. They latch on to what's good for them. They form strong enough relationships, and it, it helps them get far. And, yeah, that can piss people off along the way. But, I mean, David, again, is this type of person, we talked about this in our last one, where it's like he shouldn't be likable he people should be hating him because of his background of what he comes into this but people like him people trust him people kind of are on board with him i mean dicko seems to be a bit in love with him in this episode in the in tribal council so and like this is and we talked about i think this episode in terms of the confessionals 10 each to amber and david in this episode which 
I think in the first two seasons, uh, only Rob in season one got 10 confessionals in episode 12. But this is the most that anyone gets. Uh, well, Gab- Gabby gets 10 in episode six. But um, yeah, so records here for most confessionals in an episode for both Amber and David. So yeah, I mean, the, the, the producers are loving David. They're giving him screen time. He's dropping some great sound bites. He's, is this where we get, oh, I think I'm jumping ahead when he's talking about the, the crabs and he's basically like, oh, it's all right. The crabs are safe here in Vanuatu. <laughs> like, oh, that, that, that's well ahead. But before we get to that, yeah. we get, of course, when Elton comes, well, David does a confession. He talks about how the spirit of the tribe's great now with Fiona gone. But this is what I love is when Elton climbs down the tree and he, and he gives a bit of, you do this better, you do the Elton <laughs> voice, but he gets down, he, he gives a big woohoo, woohoo. And then Dave and David, that's when Oldfield gives you more so, more so, more so. Classic David Oldfield. Which which every time I hear more so, I just hear, I just think of, you know, more so, more so, more so. Uh, Elton, yeah, just, uh, he has a confessional around here and he's just like, Elton's such a rugby player. Elton's such an athlete. Like, even his confessionals are just a, yeah, boys played game hard. Yep, you know, there's no iron team fucking put in, you know, it's a game of two halves and, yeah, we, we put in our best effort and, uh, yeah, we, we came up stronger today than the other team and, uh, yeah, we'll have a good old session in the massage room tonight and uh, we'll be back stronger than ever tomorrow. Like, that, he's literally every confessional is that. Like, even there's a bit, I think it's after the reward challenge when he comes back and he's like, it's all right, guys, today wasn't our day. We'll be, we'll be back stronger. I, I, I'm, that's not even Elton. Not, uh, Elton Fletley, that's, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. I've lost I was going to say, it, it, it's it, he loves the locker room talk. Yeah, you know the locker room, the locker room chat afterwards. You know the the, but yeah, it, that, we'll talk about that when that comes up. But we still we've got a little bit of passage here before we get to Kakula, and there's one in particular that I love. So you, so Queen, this is where Queen Amber she she's talking about herself in third person. Queen Amber she wants a little bit of girly talk because she knows it's all going to be about sport. You know, you've got three big blo- big blokes there now. You know. Um, and and just her, and this is okay. I don't know. You may have missed this, but this is where Oldfield starts talking about guns. So no, so no, know, I did not miss that. That oh. is that is like keep going. But like I okay. was no pun intended, blown away of this subtle <laughs> little line that just gets dropped in there for whatever reason. I forgot about this. I love this. <laughs> if, if you thought if one bloke on, or if anyone on this on on this cast owned a three fifty seven Magnum, would you have picked that it would have been Oldfield himself? Look, Elton would be my first choice, but at the same time, no, because like oh, knowing oh, oh. Oldfield's political beliefs, probably would believe it would be David Oldfield. <laughs> I don't know. I would have said maybe Wayne may, may have owned a yeah. 357 Magnum, but I, I just thought it was a great little edit here where, where Amber's talking about she, she wants some girly talk, and then the next thing, you, your three blokes are talking guns, and David's telling how he owns a 357 Magnum. Now, is is Oldfield, is he the Dirty Harry of, of the Survivor? Like, is he the original Dirty Harry? Uh, I, mean, I mean, he owns a 357 Magnum, for God's sake. Come on. I, I see what you're saying. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I just like his puppet. Mark. Like, I, I, yeah, he, true, true. The intelligent Dirty Harry. I'm not saying that Harry's not intelligent. That's not what I'm implying. But it's, it's I don't know. Like it's such a it's such a forgettable line. Like I don't think anybody even like I again barely remember this as a conversation. If this was made more of a thing 
for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. When we get him on the show, this is going to be like, hey, like fucking talk to us about your guns. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just because it's just the way. Like you're right. Like the the editing again. Go props to the editors. You got Amber. Like oh, I, I want some girl time straight to yeah, forty five. That shoots pretty good. Yeah, I've got a three fifty seven Magnum. I, I also love Justin's reaction, which is like, have ya? <laughs> Like, okay. And then they cut straight to, like, Gabby and Nicole having, like, the best time in the girls' world, to which then you get Wayne dropping a few, Leechie and I are worried. Oh. Um, but I just, yeah, David Oldfield, the guy is scaring crabs. Um, he's, he's chanting. He's got guns. Uh, I mean, what an enigma. <laughs> is there, oh. There's no such thing as a bad David in Australian Survivor. Like, nah. Literally, it's the name that just owns everything in Australian Survivor. Yeah, ben is the he... one that sucks. David is the one that owns everything. <laughs> it's right. You, if you're going to be casting, you always get a David in there. You can't go wrong. But um, when, we, we, when we flip over to Kukula here, there's, there's definitely – this is I, I really like this setting it up here. So you, you've got the Wayne and, and Leachie, as we know him now. Um, there's a real sort of – big area here where, where they're, they're worried about the, the girls because obviously Gabby's going off with Nicole and, and Imogen and she's obviously spending a lot of time here with the girls. So, And it's starting to, to, to worry Guy. You can I think it's worrying Guy a lot more than it's worrying Wayne like because Guy's the sort of character here where he's thinking about the game all the time. He's thinking about numbers. Like mm. he knows how Survivor works. Where Wayne, I think Wayne still thinks that, you know, the, the people that work the most are the ones that are just naturally going to stay in this game. Yeah. Where and, and you can see guys trying to say, hey, like, yeah, but it's not all about work ethic. You know, we're, we're not here on a camping trip. We're here to play Survivor. And, you know, there's the outwit element to it. And Guy knows that. And he, he he's trying to subtly tell Wayne that without sort of, you know, because he even mentions it here. Like, he's happy for Wayne to be the leader. Like, Guy doesn't want to be the leader. Guy wants to be the, the guy that sits back, talks, talks to everyone, you know, uses mate every now and then or, or a lot. Every now but, and then. <laughs> yeah, yes. but, but he, but Wayne, obviously, he, he, he sort of probably is the bit, maybe a bit more of the alpha male here. So Leech, he, he's trying to just ease him into saying, hey, like, don't push Gabby too much. And it, it's really interesting because Wayne can see that, you know, the girls are wandering off, but he's saying like, hey, I'm not going to suck up to him. You know, I'm not here to, to suck up to anyone. I'm certainly not going to suck up to Gabby. She needs to pick up a work ethic and and then, you know, I'm happy to take her. But I don't know. What, what's your take on this on this little segment here? I agree with you completely about that dynamic with Guy and Wayne because Wayne has that line a little bit later on when he's talking about um, not voting off the men for strength. And this is that, you know, classic survivor, right? Where it's always, oh, we're going to keep the strength over, you know, and this is, it's transitioned so much. You still get your players today who are like, keep the strength over that. And that's not how survivor works. Um, and yeah, guy, guy's line there, you touch on it about how, you know, he's happy for Wayne to be the leader. It's, it's, all, it's very Rob Dixon-like when mm. he says, I'm happy for Wayne to dictate, but he should calm down a little bit and back off. Not, I mean, it's it's not on the level of Rob Dixon when he's like, I never asked Katie to do it. Uh, like, you know, I never told her to do this, but I'm not going to say no. But it, it's kind of on that same page in the fact that guys like, look, I don't mind Wayne doing this, but he needs to calm down a little bit, not go too far. Mm. And th- there's subtle little moments here with Guy where, you know, we've touched on it before about his fandom of the show, how he had got so many offers for celebrity shows, but he only did this because, you know, he loves Survivor so much. And you can tell, you can tell this is working for him. 
And this is where I think, you know, we talk about these dynamic duos and I'm, I'm never going to take away from having Imogen and Nicole go as far as they did and, and give us the power couple. But it is maybe the biggest what if of this season is if Gabby had decided with Guy and Wayne and we had have just gotten Guy and Wayne run the show. Maybe Imogen comes back into the game or, or Nicole and kind of, you know, pulls off a guy. Uh, who knows? But you know, I think it would have been a different, obviously it would have been a different season had these two been running the show the entire way. But, you know, whereas whereas Imogen and Nicole kind of do it in a subtle social way without super strategic moves, Guy would have been pulling strings left, right and centre and, and doing shit to get, he would have been, him and David, I think, would have really clashed more and, yeah, it would have been fascinating. But it's little things that you see here from Leachy. I've got to call him Leachy. And, but even, even Gabby here, like, I actually... Again, the editing of this episode, you've got these little subtle moments where they kind of tease this episode as, what will Gabby do? Which way will she decide? And you kind of really see Gabby going to the dark side with the girls here, don't you? Whereas before it's like, you know, oh, I love hanging around the boys. You know, this is my element. Now all of a sudden she's laughing with Nicole. She's having a blast. And you're going to get a confession from Imogen later on kind of saying like, oh, you know, I, I think Gabby might be kind of coming closer to us. Who knows? But yeah, Gabby, Gabby has a, you know, I, I like this. I like seeing Gabby kind of letting her hair down and realizing that, hey, girls, girls are fun. Like I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends. Wayne definitely, he gives a good line too to, to Guy here where he says, if she expects to be babied, I'm not going to do that. Sorry, that's not my character. So they're building up. There's definitely tension between Wayne and Gabby. Gabby has that great confession, like you just said, where she's like, hey, this, this is a game. You know, you, you basically, you got to do what you got to do for this to, to get further in this game. But they're building it up, isn't it? They're definitely building up that 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 the tension between Gabby and Wayne, and it's definitely there. And then guys is in the middle trying he's trying he's trying to play, you know, oh, like keep them together. But like, what do I do? And and Wayne's a bit of a bit of a hot head at this stage, and Gabby's off with the women, and guy must be thinking shit, you know, like he's trying to play referee here, and of course for his own benefit, like he, you know, because obviously he knows how to play this game. But it is interesting. It's just interesting to see that Kukula that. Although they're, they're doing well at this stage, it's not all smooth sailing over in Kukula Beach. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, you know, again, I think this season in general, we're, we're four episodes in and we're getting all these, you know, potential shifts and changes. And again, this is what you get in Channel 10 seasons now. And, you know, people, who, again, who bemoan the first season for not having this type of strategy and this kind of gameplay and it was boring, like you can't overlook then that this season has literally got this right in front of your eyes that again, if we're four episodes in on channel 10 and that's only week one of channel 10, you know, we haven't even finished the first week. Um, you know, you're, you're saying, Oh, this season's great. Like, I don't know what's going on. Things are changing left, right and center. And this is, this is what's good. I, I think I, I touched on, you know, in our last episode recap, how I said, Oh, they're kind of blowing their load a little bit by teasing that this week, you know, what will Gabby do? You know, it's a two episodes away. And, that's true, but at the same time, it's the setup. It's that narrative. You know, we've got a an episode here where it, this is going to pay off next week. And at the same time, if you're watching for the first time, you don't want it to be so obvious that most of are going to lose again. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of want to think like, and this is what a good episode of Survivor does. You get both sides of, you know, both tribes where you've got the, ooh, who's going to go home? Ooh, it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting. Either way, who loses? And that's what they're doing here with showing the the tribe dynamics of Kakula, of like who might go home, and with Moso, you know, kind of Amber's 
explanation of why she did what she did and what that's going to mean for Justin. So it's all good setup. And then we get into this reward, Matt Dyson. And I, I are you going to be Woody Woodpecker here by talking <laughs> about uh, this on the tree? <laughs> I did like that, the old Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. And, and and just before we go to the tree, now this is yeah, of course where the David he starts setting up the hermit trap. So he <laughs> that, that he that he's he's the hermit crab trap. So this is where he starts trying to work out how he's going to get some food. But we get to tree now. Now, Ben, I'm going to read the tree mail, but I don't know if you picked up on it when you watched it. The whole tree mail wasn't read. I don't know why. And they've edited some of it out and it doesn't really make sense. So I'm going to read. And if you look closely, because there's a word here that, that Justin, when he reads it, he actually fumbles over the word and he puts his finger up to the word. And you can, can clearly see that there's still basically half of the tree mail to be read. But then they only say about, you can tell it's been edited. And then there's only a few more words after that and it's done. It doesn't really make sense. So I'm going to read what Justin, what we see on TV, but, and you guys work it out, but okay. Tree mail. This one's tricky, but don't be a chicken. Be careful when it comes to the picking. Choose a tribe member who's quite light, flexible and handy. And then this is where it gets a bit cut off. And then it says, as is a lack of height. It, it just doesn't make sense. So, mm. And if you actually look at the episode, there's a whole lot more to be read. So I don't know whether, do you reckon when they started, Justin started reading it, it just wasn't making sense. And Justin just turned to the camera like, who the fuck's writing this crap? Like, well, I, mean, I reckon, I reckon Justin's blown up and said, I'm fucking sick of reading these shit tree mails. <laughs> and of course they couldn't show that. So they've cut it out and, I don't this know. This is coming it, it from makes... a soap actor. This isn't even coming from like Juilliard School of Theatre. This is coming from Home and Away and Days of Our Lives and he's saying it's crap. Good for him. Because <laughs> well, it gets to the word handy and it looks like maybe they've made a mistake when they've written handy and they've had to like write over it and he couldn't even make out what the word was. And I reckon Justin Melvis just blown his stack here. It's like, and just, and they've had to cut it out. And fuck, it makes my hard, my job hard, Ben, when I'm the tree male guy on that, ASA. Do they? No, so anyway, so unfortunately this is the first episode I've never been able to read out the tree mail, but at least they've got some tree mail because as we know in the future the tree mail is few and far between yeah. in, uh, in future seasons. I like I like the uh, moment there where Amber basically is like, oh, I'm going to practice my yoga. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, Amber, again, as I said, Amber gets 10 confessionals this episode, but like they, they're all gold. Like, Amber's got some great clangers that she talks about here like, uh, I know I'm jumping ahead to what happens after the challenge, but I love it when she comes back and like, oh, I would have rather swum back to Sydney. It would have been better than this challenge, <laughs> like things like that. But this challenge, with, can with, I the say, cha- with the challenge, Ben, I was just going to say, I love, do you like how they name all the challenge? I love yeah, that. Yeah, I was I about to they- say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like how this is called Human Thread. And I can't remember yeah. if it stays throughout the whole season. Like, I'm pretty sure in US Survivor back in the day, they used to name them as well. Like they would, the probes would be like, this is called this. Like the Blair Witch Project Challenge, everyone remembers that and like things like that. So this is still a bit of a novelty, but then I think kind of it, you know, it slowly falls by the wayside. But one thing I like at the beginning here, so at the end of last episode when Fiona goes, uh, you know, Dicko's famous line of, you know, sad moment or is it ding dong, the witch is gone. And everyone's like, oh no, no, sad moment, sad moment. Basically, they're all walking out into the mat and Dick is like, oh, now and Kakula seeing who went last night. And they're all like, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be David. It's going to be this. And then all of a sudden, Fiona's gone. Everyone starts clapping. And then Dicko basically goes straight to a sad moment. And then Elton, no, not overly. <laughs> oh, Change their so- minds pretty quickly. <laughs> I love how I love how pumped Guy and Wayne were too when, yeah. they, when they saw that that Elton and, and, and David was still there. And... Um, 
They were pumping, yeah, the Elton, the, well, not overly, classic Elton. Not overly. There we go. That's my, I've got my Elton back. Um, so, the, again, another what, fantastic challenge. Not, do you know what is, they're playing for here, Ben? Do you oh, know oh, what they're, yeah, they're, they're playing for chicken, Matt. They're, uh, not a frying pan, oil, lemons, and a, and raw chickens, even though when he shows the chickens, there are a couple of cooked chickens. Do you reckon they... Do you reckon they just gave him the cooked chickens? I don't know. I, I reckon maybe they might have been just given them to him off camera or something like that. Yeah, they're not going to let those two chickens just go away. I reckon, I mean, Leachy, we find out later, Leachy, he loves a breasty piece, yeah. a breasty piece. We, we, we'll talk about that later, but <laughs> you can't tell me Leachy wasn't getting into those two chickens that were already cooked there. I you mean, know, I reckon Sylvan delivered them. I reckon he was there with his KFC little hat on and, you know, there he was. Are, they, are these the most well-fed survivors we've ever seen? Oh, easily. I mean, like, I, I was going to get to the YouTube comments later on this episode, but one of them's basically saying, like, this is camping. They're getting food for every single reward. And, like, again, we've we've criticised this. and I, You know, you don't give away these rewards. Like, this should be like an episode seven. And, again, there's only 12 episodes this season. I get it. But, I mean... You know, I mean, imagine if Channel, I mean, channel 10 do it too, don't they? Don't they? Don't you get like Burger King after like four episodes now in Channel 10 oh, or something like that? Yeah, like, I just wish, I, I literally wish they just went to the point of this season where, you know what, one of the reward challenges, they literally just pull up a seat to a buffet in Vanuatu <laughs> and just just cut sick on all the seafood, the chicken, and just what? just have lychee there wanting breasty pieces. And, you know, he, See, he'd, he'd want all the oysters and crab and lobster and just all the good stuff. I, I'm not one to complain for product placement. I, I, I think product placement's great. And, I mean, just was it Heroes, Healers, Hustlers when they have fucking Outback Steakhouse there in the middle yeah. of the beach? Like, you get it, obviously, in Channel 10 now. Like, he's Burger King. He's this, like... Fucking like just, you know, oh, and he's Sizzler. He's Sizzler. Our good friends at Sizzler have come out here. Or you can oh. eat family restaurant or something like that. You know, just let's go to town. Like, you know. You've got to mention Solo. you got to yes, mention Solo. Yeah. Or, I mean, where, where's where's our, you know, moment with Lance? Like, oh, Lays, is this a new flavour? Go to your <laughs> store and buy it. Like Sour cream and onion, yeah. yeah oh, my um, favourite. Oh, how good was it? Did, I know we're I know we're, we're chatting season two, but how good was that when when they're doing the the, the Lay's chips and Lance's oh, oh new flavour? I mean, that was that's that's you know classic what, Australian TV, isn't it? I like I, I'm I'm enjoying this season. I'm enjoying every moment. I just I don't want to take away from us covering this. I just want to take a brief moment to have a moment of silence to remember us covering season one. Now now that Australian Survivor is going to be filming in Australia again, it just brought it brought back the feels, Matt. Like, Look. I'm not going to talk us up. Oh, fuck it, I'm going to talk us up. How good was the coverage of season one? Oh, fucking, we were robbed of a podcast award. Screw the Australian podcast. We deserve one. I mean, literally, if, if you were ever going to get an in-depth podcast of season one, I mean, we couldn't have gone any more in-depth with what we did. I mean, we, we tracked down everyone. We're fucking um, brilliant, Matt. We are great. You know what? Okay? You know what? I, I know we're talking about season. Let's get back on a season two. because you, know you were that good at Survivor. You know what? We are that good, and <laughs> but then I mightn't be here. So who you know? Exactly. Just, you know, I might be spending my five hundred thousand doing something else. So yeah, you wouldn't be wasting of, your time on this. You'd be going up to Fiona Horn. You, you you're in with no money. Imagine if you had some money. No, no, I'm not saying Fiona Horn's gold. That sounded wrong. And also, props to the Australian Podcast Awards. They do a great service. Uh, nominate yourself. Uh, yeah, this challenge. We're getting way off topic. Human Thread. I love this challenge. They're playing for chicken. And again, it's it's. Keeping up the trend with every challenge this season being fantastic. So essentially, 
they have to get uh, uh, their lightest team member and they've got to get through them an obstacle course. They're tied up. They're basically getting him under ropes, under sort of logs and everything through the water. Then eventually they get to a platform, get a key, come back, then they unlock their tribe member. Four seconds it, it is decided by uh, Kakula wins. Imogen is getting dragged through the, the rigmarole here. So is Amber. One thing I've actually discovered here, Matt, over on our um, forums that we we're talking a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the Survivor Sucks forums where they've got discussion of that. Uh, they actually, obviously at the time in Yahoo 7, must have done production notes. David Mason must have uh, dropped, you know, this is behind the scenes what happened. And they've copied them over here to this. And I actually discovered this. So I'm reading here the production notes from David Mason. And he claims that this is the closest finish on any series of Survivor. Quite possibly, he says. I mean, this is obviously two Four seconds, Ben. Four seconds. Four seconds. Um, he says here, the Human Thread Challenge was possibly the closest result ever seen on any series of Survivor. It literally came down to four seconds. Imogen and Amber were both heavily bruised and scraped after their ordeal, but good on them for giving it everything they had. Uh, and again, great challenge to watch. Uh, I should mention Gabby sits out this yes. challenge for Kakula. Yeah. Uh, so she's there. So it's even even and, Stevens. And, and I think it's important to mention that uh, the the Iron Man, of course, Leechy, mm-hmm. uh, gets gets told he's he's like a god. Well, by Dicko. That was nearly my um, Thug Life. But there's a clear winner for Thug Life this week. Um, but yeah, no, his line is Iron Man zips up like a god. To which he then follows it up with when they're in the water. This is where the boy Leech should be in his element. So <laughs> if he having a bit fire. of a is he having a bit of a leechy crush at this moment? Oh, like, I mean, wow. is it, do you reckon it's Big because crush. leechy leechy is in his, his dick togs? You learnt last season. We're talking. We're talking about season one before about you didn't know what DTs were the old dick togs, and we know Lance was. We mentioned Lance. Lance was always in his, his DTs, but leechy he's looking good in his DTs too. And do you reckon maybe Dicko's enjoying that a little bit too? I mean, not not anything sus, but just I mean, it, it, let's be honest, leechy in the water, he's in his element. Let's be honest. We Dicko dropped it. Was it earlier on about um, is he a man or is he a machine or whatever it was for Dicko uh, for Guy Allen. Guy is so good to Dicko. Dicko's so in love that I think that it would make Dicko want to dress up in a pirate's costume and play golf. <laughs> That's what I think it does. Little, Holy uh, moly! Dick, Dicko's <laughs> back apparently. Hey, and this is this is a long way off. Dicko is back. This is a long way off, but the love for Leechy and Dicko do, does go a bit sour in that last episode. But that's oh yeah. But uh, how good was Dicko in that pirate outfit? Jesus Christ! I, I saw what you sent me, and it scared me off enough that um yeah, I didn't really want to kind of uh, continue now, watching that. But I one thing I'll say about Dicko, I I do love uh, this Dicko moment here, which again I thought this might be our thug life, but again another one comes up later, which I think will win. I love Dicko getting down on his knees. And going, oh, yes. you dine on chicken tonight. Now, do you yeah. remember the classic ad, Matt, for chicken tonight in Australia? Does this, the, does this the, not I make- feel like chicken tonight, like chicken tonight. We get Dicko on this show. If we can get him to sing chicken tonight, like that would be perfect. But I mean, I just, I this is, again, this is where this should be the product tie-in. Like, you dine on chicken tonight, flavoured tandoori chicken, butter chicken. Like, he'll just bring out like a truck of chicken tonight because he's basically giving him free advertising right now. The, the thing with Dicko here, I mean, this is, you can tell he's really starting, I mean, what, we're four episodes in now, he's starting to get the hang of hosting yeah, Survivor now. Absolutely. Like, that is a great moment. Like, I've written that in my notes too, that he gets down in one knee and he's right, like, right next to Kakula when he's, like, when he's saying it, you know, after they've just won. This is an epic an epic uh, reward challenge where, you know, it literally came down to four seconds. Um, 
you know, and then to have to have Dicko finish it off like that. This is where I guess Dicko, he, he wouldn't have been told to do that. This is Dicko's experience sort of coming in. I think he's starting to loosen up a bit here with the ho- being the host. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, a great Dicko moment. And I will say this, though, talking about thug life moments, I mean, I know this wasn't on a show, but can't we just make the thug life moment Dicko in the pirate suit? <laughs> If we ever run out of anything, maybe I I, so, I, I don't know. Um, I don't I don't watch Holy Moly, but I'm sitting there. I just had well, the TV on. Don't just finished just finished <laughs> just finished feeding the twins. I'm, I'm sitting there with a bot bot in my hand and, and a solo in the other. I nearly choked on my solo because I look up on the screen and here Dicko is in the bloody pie. I'm like, is that Dicko? Dicko in a pirate suit. I want you to be honest with me, Matt. You, you're you're a you're a massive Holy Moly aficionado. Holy Moly archives coming soon. Uh, <laughs> Matt Dyson. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second. You, you're sitting up there with Hanano. It's nearly seven thirty. Holy moly, it's yeah. about to start. When I when I, I took I, I grabbed my phone out and took a video of it because obviously it was on the screen for a while too, and I sent it to you. And your response was, "Is this actually a show?" <laughs> that was your response to me. Is this actually a show? You thought I was making shit up. You thought it was me in the pirate suit. We we at the beginning of this season started talking about this you know trend in the mid 2000s of of these celebrity shows they're singing they're in big brother you know they're skating whatever the circus of course the circus one they sound like fucking high class art now that basically tv networks like what do we have now we have celebrities playing golf celebrities in masks singing and dancing celebrities joining the sas I mean, okay, that's a bit, you know, tough, but fucking what's a face was on it. That doesn't count. Um, like <laughs> Chappelle. Uh, no, the other one, Roxy. Stop being a celebrity. Oh, your mate Roxy. Um, yeah. Like, have we run out of ideas? Like, there was a diving hey. one a couple of years ago. Remember that, like, bombed miserably. Like, they recently, they recently, they recently announced. Ben, you probably don't know this because living in Canada, but they recently announced All Stars for uh, Dancing with the Stars too. Is Kim Johnson going to be coming back? I don't know. Dicko might come back. Dicko. Exactly. Was, um, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> in, that doesn't in, surprise in the, me. But. In the advertising, they, they actually showed Chris Hemsworth. Uh, is uh, it? Yep. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. And, uh, I mean, let's be honest, they're not going to get him back. But, <laughs> he's uh, a bit out of their prize range now. Yeah, I but I did like how they still showed it, making out that he's a possibility of coming back. Not going to happen. I but they uh, did, though. I think they'd do pretty well there if they, they did all that, oh, Channel 7. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, just just the last bit of the pirate suit, though. I mean, <laughs> Dicko in a pirate suit, like, that made my day. I mean, honestly, did I ever think that was going to happen? No, I didn't. You know, I didn't. Neither did Dicko. There, there's probably, no. <laughs> he actually says on it too. He actually says, oh, can you, this is my return to, my big return to television, him in a pirate suit. There's probably one person I would probably would like it even more to be in a, in a pirate suit. And you're probably thinking, how, how could you possibly want anyone else to, Sylvan in a pirate suit. Oh, that just sells itself. I mean, come on. Like, wow, I'm picturing that right now. That's, um, imagine his big return to TV. Childhood author and famous Australian Survivor contestant, Sylvan Dorney. I'm like, who? We're the ones cheering. Yay, Sylvan. Tell you what, Sylvan, more of a celebrity than Roxy Jenko. Absolutely. Get Sylvan on on an All-Stars. Has Roxy Jenko won on Wheel of Fortune and been on a KFC ad? No. Now, Ben, getting back on track here. Now, after this challenge, like we said, Kakula win. We go straight back to Moso here and we get the classic Amber walking up. She's saying about how she's w- was thrown around. She feels like she was a rag doll. Of course, Amber did everything to try to help Moso win. They didn't. Now, classic Elton here, Ben. He mentioned the weekend at Bernie's line. Now, I'm just picturing. Now, I'm picturing. Now, please, 
Ben, put this up on social media. I'm picturing... It's episode title, isn't it? It's going to be Weekend at it, Amber's. Well, of course it is. Now, I'm just picturing, of course, Elton on one side, David Oldfield on the other, holding up Amber, the classic Weekend at Bernie's, you know, cover. I mean, is that... When you when you were hearing this, is this immediately what you thought? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. I've never seen Weekend at Bernie's, so um, I, oh. I may, might need to hang up and go watch it. Uh, my... My recollection of Weekend at Bernie's comes from How I Met Your Mother when they basically have that whole episode about that. Um, so I know I know what the movie is. I know what okay. it's about. But I, yeah. I'm actually stunned here. How, everyone's seen Weekend at Bernie's. Honestly, this is actually a travesty right now that you're telling the whole world here that you haven't <laughs> You were telling me off air that you don't like, you've okay. not seen all the James Bond movies. You couldn't even remember okay. Pierce Brosnan's name. Don't talk to me about travesties. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. But uh, <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm putting out... I've got two challenges here, one for you and one for our, our good friend, Cable Brandon. Now, now Ben, of course, you host the Odds Network. You do film reviews. I'm putting it out there right now. You must, I'm, I'm actually not even giving you an offer, you must do a recap on Weekend at Bernie's and I'm going to put it out to Cable that he must do a recap on his podcast, Sequel Sucks, on Weekends at, Weekend at Bernie's number two. Wait, how do they have a second one? When the, is the guy still dead? Like they had a they had a second one, nowhere near as popular as the first one, and a lot of people probably forget that they had a second one. So, Cable, you can thank me later. It's going to be a great one to do on Sequel Sucks podcast, uh, coming to you soon, no doubt. But Ben, they're doing well here, Matt. You're doing I know, well to just but, casually put them in. Well, I just think it's it, I can't believe that you actually haven't watched Weekend at Bernie. So, Ben, get on it and get some social media stuff up of Amber, Elton, and of course Oldfield. I like this dictation, Matt's like taking control oh. here in terms of Ben do this, Ben do that. Like, can I form an alliance with Cable and decide <laughs> not to and then vote you out? Um, it will happen, trust me. Our listeners want to want to hear it. How would that alliance happen? Cable, no, nah, I think if, if it was Cable, you and I, I'd be screwed. You two would team up against me. I'd be gone. <laughs> um, yeah, I, but I, I like this whole section. Like, this is um, Elton's got that real kind of locker room thing, as you mentioned before here. I thought he said all good Girls will rip it up tomorrow, but I think he says all good guys no, no, we will yeah, rip yes. it up tomorrow. So this this is where Elton, yeah, this is where he gives the locker room talk. I've got yeah. it written down here, Ben. He he says all it's all good guys. We came up short, but we all aimed, uh, did well. We ripped in, and we'll rip it up tomorrow. That's we'll what he said. Rip it like, up tomorrow. Rip it what? up tomorrow. I mean, of course, I didn't do it any justice there because I'm not in the Elton. But, but it, can I just say this? I reckon he's given that identical speech about a hundred times in in the, oh, in the course, Queensland yeah. Reds locker room and the Wallabies locker room when he's playing his rugby union. I mean, he was vice captain of the Wallabies. I mean, this is his stock standard line that he gives after every poor performance where he's like, "It's all right, we're gonna we're gonna rip it in next time. We're gonna rip it up tomorrow." But you but you know that Elton means that literally because the next day there's gonna be like fifty tree roofs ripped out of the ground because there's fucking <laughs> Elton smashing. You're gonna smash some shit. I'm gonna climb some trees. I'm gonna rip it out of the ground like fucking just go to town at it. like if they won that chicken, like there'd be nothing left. I, I'm I'm just teasing this now. I think it's next week that one of my favourite random moments of this season is Elton's hungry for steak. Like, it's just this whole, like, story arc of, oh, I want my steak, where's my steak, I want steak. Like, and then the fucking, like, David makes a risotto or something. David loves his risotto. Can I what just say? <laughs> everything's a freaking risotto with David. I've not noticed that. <laughs> Crab risotto, what was risotto last week? Like, I can't remember what it was. Lemon risotto. Oh. What is... David, between your guns and your risotto, Co- coconut mate, risotto, Was it a coconut risotto? Something like, like, he's, he's 
such an enigma that like guns, like One Nation, sure, risotto, that's probably like a Green Party thing, isn't it? Like I don't see One Nation, Pauline Hanson sitting around with David Offit. David, make me a risotto. He's a metrosexual, Ben. He's uh, oh, no, sorry, but, uh, not the point. But yeah, talking about David. Talking about David here. Talking about David here. He um, he, he he's he once again. David has another one of his ten confessionals. Uh, he's talking about that he, he needs to come up with some meal ideas and he needs to make something in before the for a meal before the sun comes. This this guy is the provider, isn't he? That's what I love about David. Like he, he is. He, he's he's the one that's clearly taken the the cooking on himself. And um, that's his his role. One of his roles is obviously to provide for his tribe. But um, I like that. Another thing I really liked here that David he'd already came up with meal prep ideas for the the, the items he would have won in a reward. But photo. of course, yeah. <laughs> but of course, no, no. He, he had he had all these meal ideas. He's going to do that banana leaf. I don't buy it for a second. It was banana leaf risotto. Come on, fucking what, risotto. Wasn't was he going to grill it to something? He was going to grill yeah, it, it or bake it to. I mean, but I love the fact that he. he he um he had all these ideas. They lose his art back to the hermit crabs, which yeah, and like it's again just random little funny. I, I actually really do like the fact that David's like planned this. And David went on. What was that cooking show he was on a few years ago? Um, Celebrity Bake Off, or you know what I'm talking about, right? When when you say when you say um cooking show, I just think of Ready Steady Cook. Remember that? Show? <laughs> I love that show. That was on. Was it on the afternoons? I don't know. I don't well, know if you watched it. Peter Everett got fired. They yes. replaced it with Colin Lane. Um, I, which... I stopped watching. I stopped watching it after Peter Everett got fired. I started what, what, watching. Was he out on the piss came on. Really? No, Peter oh. Everett was the best. Whatever happened to him? Can we get I, him on a celebrity show? He was on a he was on a celebrity apprentice from memory. Um, oh, he he might have so even good. been on Ben Dark season. Um, but I like in all seriousness, like I, it was not something I watched, but when it was on, like I was sure. And like I like Peter Everett, but I, I'm a massive Lane on Woodley fanboy. So when Colin Lane started hosting it, I actually tuned in. And one of one of the funniest things on um, Lane on Woodley's one of their when they got back together and did their you know reunion thing about two years ago, and they start like making jokes about what they've been up to since. And so of course Frank Woodley's done his little show Woodley, and they're like you know won all these awards, and everyone's like oh really good, really good. And then basically Frank Woodley's like oh it's no ready steady cook, and then basically everyone starts like booing Colin Lane or something like like just like making fun <laughs> of him for for hosting it. But um, ready steady cook archives coming soon. Why so, not? So we- so we don't know what happened there and why they had to change hosts? Uh, I, I think there was a thing in the media. I think Channel 10 just were like, hey, time for a change, and Colin Lane became about. I don't know. I'm, I, I really don't know. But um, Peter Everett, uh, I always always get confused. You're not an AFL man, Matt, but a very famous Australian footballer called Peter Everett. So uh, Spider Everett used to always get them that they were the same person, but uh, hey, they weren't. T- talking about um, hosts that are getting changed, now I know – Earlier on in the season, we, we, we were talking up possible hosts for Celebrity Survivor. And, of course, we mentioned um, – uh, what's his name? He's been in trouble recently. Oh, um, yes, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, O'Keefe. Yes. Okay, yes. Now, it's just been announced recently that that uh, he's going to be replaced on on the show The Chaser with Larry Ebder. Ebder. Oh, Ebder. yes. How, how do you say his last Larry name? Larry Ebder. Ebder. Oh, Ebder. he's Ebder. an enigma. And – it got me thinking just quickly on just a quick side note. Could he have done a survival? I don't know. I, I know Easily. obviously the price is right, but he's a professional. He's done a lot of morning shows lately now um, in recent time. No, he, I think Larry can do anything, yeah. Matt. La- Larry could run this country. He's, he's an enigma. <laughs> don't you like, I don't want any jokes at my expense of my man, Larry. I, I'm a massive Michael Schumacher. Like he's my God. Michael Schumacher is my ultimate idol. And I never forget when I first brought home a book on Michael Schumacher, I was like, I don't know, 10 years old from the library. My mum looks at the front cover and is like, oh, is that Larry Emder? 
Straight away, I think I'm pretty... I, uh, to be honest, would have brought home a book on Larry Emder if I saw one. Like, I, I grew up on The Price Right. I love that man. If we if we had an excuse to get Larry Emder on any show, I would do it. What? Just make Larry Emder great again. He's already great. What am I talking about? I'd wear that hat. <laughs> you don't need um, to. So just, just quickly, too, just because, you know, I'm a big Peter Everett fan. So he actually was on Skating on Thin Ice. You mentioned that in our first episode, I think, this season. You are talking about... Skating on on thin ice was that that was. Are you talking about uh, the host Peter Everett, not the footballer? Yeah, not no, not the footballer. It says here skating on thin ice. It says that Peter Everett. This is the because t- 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 there were two. Host. There was there was the no the, no no the dud one with Reggie and then the good one with uh, Torval and Dean hosted by Jamie. Yeah. I think they were both yeah. hosted by Jamie Jury. No, this says he was on the Celebrity Apprentice in 2013 and in 2005 he was on skating on thin ice. And the reason why I bring that up is when I Google it. In fact, I mean, obviously, this this season was 2006. So he's someone that was obviously doing the circuit or was available to do, um, you know, reality yeah. shows. So he couldn't. He could have been another one. We, we, you know, we always like to mention people that could have maybe been on this season. And uh, well, I, you know, maybe we could have got Peter Everett. That would have been interesting. I reckon it would have been pretty good. I was wrong. Peter Everett wasn't on Ben Dark's season. Peter Everett was on Kim Johnson's season of a, of a Celebrity Apprentice. Also on the Roxy Channel. Oh, fuck off. Uh, the season that uh, Stephanie Rice won, basically. And also Peter Everett, uh, not Ben Dark, because Peter Everett's still around. He's on Instagram. I'm looking here. He's still kicking around. Only 715 followers. People follow well, you know Peter what? Everett. Come on. Make that 716, because after I'm, this, I'm going to go follow him. I'm following him right now. Seven, what, you're going to be 717. Peter okay. Everett AU. Get Everett AU. All right, I'm gonna. That's 700. Let's see. Let's see how many people we can. Let's see if we can get into 800 from this podcast. Yeah, come on, everyone. From people, everyone got it. We got to get on Peter. So, what's his handle again? Peter Everett AU. AU. Okay. Uh, Just on David Oldfield, he was on Hell's Kitchen. I knew he was on some cooking show. Five reality shows David Oldfield has done. He's uh, had a bit of a chat with him during the week, and he did say that of all the ones he's done, Survivor is his favourite. So uh, obviously stay tuned when we get him on. But yeah, David David's doing well here with his risotto. He's then basically talking about how the crabs are going to be fine because it's uh, no one's going to eat them again. But then, then everyone could call it the chicken. Now, I know Imogen's like <laughs> team... I have to cut you off here quick. You didn't, did you mention about how David actually hand feeds Elton the, the crab? Like he's... Elton becomes the, the taste tester. I was going to come act- back to that. Yeah, oh. I was just I just wanted to quick because there's not really much going on with Kakula here. I just feel the only question I've got about, about Kakula. Forget about Kakula, Ben. It's all well, about most. There's a talking point here, Matt. Just bear with me here. That Imogen oh. is Captain Animal, right? She's you know Peter, all that sort of stuff. She's eating chicken. Is is Imogen vegetarian? I don't. Is that ever explicitly stated? Well, I don't think so. Maybe she's not. Like I like I'm not I'm not questioning her eating this. Like she might be not and I'm just assuming because she likes, you know, she works for Peter and she's animal rights. I'm not saying just because you work for Peter you have to not eat animal. I just don't know. I just that was my questioning point. But um anyway, we don't want to talk about that. Yes, uh, Elton getting hand fed by uh, the puppet master. And then I I love how like Amber basically follows Elton to the water. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so it was really good in the Elton. Oh, yeah, not bad, not bad. A yeah, little, 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 right. little, little, little bit crispy. A little bit crispy. A bit of crunch with the shell, but yeah, it's all right. And then I love it when you have this whole section of basically, you know, they're eating his hermit crab risotto, risotto, and then basically you have David's whole little speech here of, you know, oh, the, the crabs are safe, you know, David, I'll feel that. And I, I also love Amber when she's like, yeah, so if you did a phone poll between the hermit crab and the fried chicken... I kind of think the fried chicken might come up higher. <laughs> like, just, 
I just love the way that Amber can describe things. Like she's just got a way about it that's that's really good. But uh, no, David's little speech here about the the crabs being safe is great. Um, and then really the only thing of note before the immunity challenge is we get a bit of Imogen and and Nicole sort of talking about how they're close. Um, Imogen sort of says that, you know, the only one she definitely wouldn't vote is Nicole. Imogen with a hibiscus or a frangipani in her hair looking good. Uh, there, ben, right? don't, do, do not brush over. You're not going to brush over my classic moment of them eating, eating Kakula eating the chicken, are you? Uh, we already talked about that. That's what I just yeah, brought but up. I know. Yeah, I know, but this is – did you – Oof. Look, I'm going to admit something to you, Ben. I was a little distracted. I'm now the 717th Instagram follower of Peter Everett, and I and I just noticed Imogen ba- Imogen Bailey yeah, is also I saw that. so it's, it's Imogen, me, too. and you currently that follow Peter Everett. He's going to wonder all of a sudden all these extra followers. He's going to wonder what's Who going are on these in life. people. So you I may miss- get two followers all of a sudden, like you know, not know. Matt Dyson who's got like eighteen million followers, like barely yeah, notices right. a thousand new followers, right? But uh, yeah. no, but before you get to chicken, I was just I was just basically capping it up to the immunity then, so you could go over the things that I've missed, and yeah, so like it's basically they're eating chicken. Go over that bit. I I mentioned the image, and I thought that was the only bit there to talk about, but we'll go over that. Um, and we have yeah the conversation with Wayne here where. He's basically saying, as we mentioned earlier, that like girl power, we don't need it. Um, you know, we need the strength. Um, and I also love Amber's line because this is when the rain starts coming. March, March, the rains are coming. Um, I love Amber here. Don't rain. Boring, boring, boring. <laughs> I just, I kind of really like that line from Amber. So, yes. Anyway, what did I miss about the chicken, Matt? I, am, I, am I glaring over something obvious here? Well, well this is my, I love this little passage here. It's, it's nighttime, you know, night eight. Kakula, they're cooking their reward prizes. The 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 chicken that apparently must have been raw because they're cooking it. And uh, guy, he, he won't let he won't let this up. He wants a little bit of the nice breasty bit. Okay, he wants the breasty bit. That's all he wants in life, the breasty bit. Wayne then Wayne comes over the top and says, "Oh, he's being a gentleman. He's like, girls, have you have you had some? You know, you choose what you want. So he, it's not going to happen." Guy Leach wants a breasty piece of chicken. And if when Wayne wants a breast, he gets a breast. Gabby then passes him some chicken. And Guy's like, no, 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 that's a wing. That's 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 the wing. He wants a breasty bit. So then Gabby, he's, she's had enough by this. She's like, well, well, dig in, Guy. I can't see. She can't see because it's all nighttime. And and then Guy follows her. He just wants just a breasty bit. That's all he wants. I, I've I never must seen... have been paying attention. Because when <sighs> you were talking about the breast, I thought you were talking about... Um, not the melons. The challenge not the, when he not the, the melons. No, 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 no. Guy Leach wants the breasty piece of chicken from the reward, and it's classic. We'll play. Look, we'll play it at the end of this podcast so everyone can hear it. But it's classic because Wayne, he's like, oh, dude, this is a bit awkward. Like, let the girls eat. You know, let the girls eat, guy. Like, they let them eat for. Let them pick what they want. And poor, poor, poor Gabby's trying. She's trying to find the breasty bit in the dark and hands hands in the wing bit. One thing I've learned: you do not hand Guy Leach or Leachy. The wing bit when he wants the breasty bit, and I'm 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 a hundred percent with Guy Leach here. I, I'm like, a I'm a, I agree. I so the chicken. Yeah, you know some people love the thigh. I'm yeah. a breast guy. Like I'm oh, a, me too. I'm a I'm a, I'm a I, breast guy. Yeah. I don't like, like meat on bone. I'm not a meat on bone person. And it's no. this part so, of the world they go gaga for ribs. 
You know, like Super oh, no, Bowl, I, Sunday. No, let's go so I love crazy. ribs. No, no. So I don't mind the wing either. I, I, I have to eat the leg because my wife, Hanan, she won't, she refuses to eat the leg. She doesn't like the darker meat. I'm not a big thigh guy, though. Like when I, you know, like if I'm cooking a schnitzel, it's got to be the breast schnitzel, not a thigh schnitzel. It's got, I always a thigh get, schnitzel. Where, oh, where, where, some where did people you grow do? up? Nah, people, some people do. They do, yeah, chicken thigh. and there's that and weird some... thing in this part of the world where when you buy chicken, it's either white or dark meat. And it's like, yeah. is it all chicken white? See, like, what are you talking lo- about? A lot of people say that the thigh bit is the more tasty bit. Of course, it's a little bit darker. See, I like the, I'm a, you know, I, I like the white meat. The Yeah, but, but and clearly, I, we've got to bring this up when Guy, when we get him on, he, I've never seen someone so obsessed around the campfire about getting a breasty bit of chicken for their rewards. You, so you could go back and watch it and make sure, <laughs> make sure you put it in at the end, Ben, when, 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 you know, we do the little bit at the end, when we talk, you know, you, you do the sound bites from it. That's uh, that's going to be in there for sure. I'm going to teach you how to do it. You can do it this week. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, we're learning a lot this week about breast meat and risotto. So, and, um, and then, and then, then we flip back at Mosa, and that's this course where we get David the, the classic confessional. Oh, I haven't written it all down, but he, he's really letting the paying pa- attention. I did mention this. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that this is after it, Ben. That this is the classic David. Come on, Ben. I was on Instagram looking at Peter Everett. Oh, uh, you know that's fine. Yep. I mean, let's be honest. Ben Dark was on there all of a okay. sudden. Neither of us would be hosting this right now. Just so I get my mind back on track here, because look, I have gone a bit off track. I admit that. Let me just read what he has on his Instagram, and then we'll get back. I promise I won't bring it. He says, "I'm Peter Everett, that guy you watched on TV with the TV emoji when you were home homesick from school or on uni breaks. How good's that? I just well, like anyway. And then he goes, "Actually, really true though, isn't it? it, it so if you were sick from school, you put on the TV. Back then, there was no Netflix, no." Yeah, you know, all that stuff. No, yep. no Amazon Prime. You watch Peter Everett. You, you, the midday came up. You was home from school. You probably chucked a bit of a sickie, or you, by that stage, you know, you, you you're back to being a hundred. You're watching Peter Everett, or for the uni people, you're on a uni break. You flick on the TV. Peter Everett, ready, steady, cook. Let, let's do a podcast about it, Ben. Which I, I've got to be honest, Matt. I was uh, I was a bit of a Days of Our Lives man. Oh, yes. Watch a bit of Days of Absolutely. Our Lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And the best thing about Days of Our Lives, you, you know, you could you could go like a month between sickies, right? Yeah. But you could still keep up with the, well, the plot line. Do you remember what they did? Because we are going to talk about Survivor, but like Australia was they, famously like four years behind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so they basically were like, "Fuck it, we've got to catch up." So within, I think the space of like you know they took it off air in december put it back on in january four years ago and i remember tv week or was it like tv soap i think there was a spin-off of tv week on the front cover of that week you got a little book it was like this is what you've missed on days of allies in four years you had like a book it was like i swear it was like an inch thick and basically and but at the end of the day you know hope was going to end up with bow that's all i remember yeah. there was always hope and bow could you not have? Could they not have just run like double episodes for two years and caught up? I don't know. This I, just, was the I, know, I remember when all that things, Matt. They didn't think that far yeah, ahead, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I'll sum in. Yeah. It, anyway, let's get. I promise, no more Peter Everett well, talk for this episode. Maybe next episode. I'm gonna but- have one more Peter Everett talk because when we get into the immunity, I just want to point out. I mentioned that Australian rules football, a very famous Peter Everett, uh, played for St Kilda, Sydney, I believe. I think they. Were, he might have played for the Bulldogs. I can't quite remember. Uh, he has 8,168 followers on Instagram, whereas 717 for <laughs> our, our ready, steady, cook guy. So um, can I just, like, Matt, do you know how many followers you have on Instagram? Uh, I don't. Not not a lot. 
Well, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I have more than Peter Everett, <laughs> which is a sad, um, sad fact. Like, no, no. I actually, let me you've have got, a look. So you've got less than Peter Everett. All right. I got less. Okay. How do I have more than you? Jesus. Mate, one episode, Follow Matt ben, Dyson, everyone. One episode, Ben. It's, you only get a couple of hundred from one episode. I've not been on any. What's my excuse? You wanna, you're, the, you're the podcast icon, Ben. Oh, just I'll, I'll give you your check later on. Every time you can, I just say I have no idea. I have no idea where we're up to. But can you can you get us back? On the immunity here? challenge. We are all right. Good. Let's just skip to it. Plank walk. I think it's called plank walk. Which okay. I was so happy to get to this because this is one of my favourite moments of this season. Uh, first of all, Dicko's thug life moment of the week. Welcome to Survivor Blackpool. Come on, <laughs> right there. There it is. Like, and I like how Gabby was because obviously she's from the UK. Yeah, yeah. She, she she thought it was the hilarious. They both get it. Yes, they both get it. I think probably Elton didn't quite get it. Maybe but, have we actually um, mentioned? Did we mention in our um, episode where we went over the cast that Gabby's the first ever international contestant on Australia, and she's one of only two? You know, Ben, you made the mistake again. One of only three because you were like, you were like, guess who the other one is? And I said Russell Hanson. You're like, oh shit, forgot about Russell. And you're like, oh David Jeanette because he was promoters being well, in america I, we, do you forget about i know it was a no, long no, time no. ago well, we did that i i re-listened to that episode recently I, I i do know what you're talking about but i i kind of wanted to backtrack on that in the fact that if i classify shane gould as a non-tasmanian david Jeanette is not an american he's a, he's from perth originally so he's he's a, he's a western australian i only classify now russell hanson gabby as our internationals um mm. because okay they are Citizens. I mean, I'm not saying. I, I assume David Jeanette's probably a co-citizen, but um, I think he's back in the. Didn't he take his winnings and move back to Perth anyway? He did. So, he did. He's yeah. get on getaway now. He's doing very well. Getaway. He's, oh. he's on getaway. He's uh, ambassador for Boost Juice. So, so that's yeah. a celebrity apprentice, isn't he? I believe. Yeah. So, he's, uh, um, let's just say this: he's doing slightly better out of Survivor than I than I did. Uh, but, oh, um, didn't get you get it? Maybe you'll get a gig on the Great Outdoors, Matt, as compensation. Oh, with Tom Williams, you'll get to hang out with Kim Johnson. You know, hey, that sounds good to me. But um, Survivor Blackpool, yeah, though, is that our is that our thug life? It, uh, look, I think so. I mean, like I said, you can. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier that Dicko, he's really starting to get into that hosting role. I think he's he, he's you know he's starting to do his own stuff here you know he's probably the first episode is probably you know wondering oh can i say this can i say this where now he's just letting things come off roll off the tongue and um yeah it's a, it's a good little classic moment now i've never heard the word coits used so yeah. much in my life i was gonna ask you about this russell I had to go- yeah I, no i had to google it i had to go it took me about four attempts of how to spell the word of the actual right word it's Q U O I T or oh. S if you're saying coit. So it's coit. It's a ga- it's that rope game where you know uh, you throw the right rope. Yep. I've never heard the word before unless it's like your coit, like your ass, or you know, and Russell coit. Um, you've never I've even only heard, heard that Russell coit. I've never heard it as an ass before. Well, the whole point. <laughs> well, that's the whole joke about Russell coit, Ben. Oh, it's your coit. It's your coit is your backside. Didn't even know that. There you Fuck, go. Fuck, you really are from Tasmania, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry if the Tasmanians <laughs> listen to this, but you know what? If, if wow. sometimes, sometimes, just... it's, sometimes it's hard doing a podcast with we you, Ben. We don't know like, what yeah. asses are. I mean, we <sighs> fuck our siblings. I mean, I think we know where to, what to do things. Come on. I don't know. It's, it's just sometimes it's hard because you're so far sometimes behind the times. You, you don't even get the Russell point. <laughs> you hear, 
hear Dicko's mentions Coit about 10 times and I'm like, why is he mentioning Coit? Why is he talking about backsides? And then apparently, no, it's the it's the Q one. It's not the C-O-I-T version or the, the other, it's the Q-U-O-I-T-S. I, and can I just say, I hope that they, in, I don't want to ever hear the word Coit mentioned in Survivor ever again. I think we've had it, he mentioned about 20 times. That's more than my fill that I need. I just, I, sorry, I'm still lost for words at this, you know, wow, just let's bring up your friend. Like, I, I moved to your state. I now live, <laughs> I lived in New Zealand. I'm now in Canada. Oh, and somehow I'm out, still ben. getting ripped by mainlanders because and I'm some, from Tasmania. Because you were the lucky one, Ben. You got out. Not all Tasmanians get, um, you know, some people go to Tasmania to live as, you know, the winner of you my season. You've been to Launceston. You can't Shameful. even comment on being to Tasmania. That's like saying I've been to Queensland, I've been to Ipswich. Like, that doesn't count. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hello to all our Ipswich listeners. Hope the drugs are going well. They, they sit Imogen out. I live in Brisbane now, Ben. They, they sit uh, Imogen out, which is a bit of surprising. You think this challenge would actually benefit yeah. like slimmer female type contestants but do they this is what annoys me did they sit her out just because she's a female like because i think she would have done really i mean in the end it doesn't matter well, that's they, what i was going to say them anyway yeah. but but you know what i mean like strategically imagine she i was going to bring that up but again like as you just said at the end of the day it doesn't matter i mean fucking kakuli could have bloody gone off and had some chicken tonight and Leachy's not gonna Leachy's not gonna sit down anything, no. is he? I mean Leachy's yeah, well, not but that's what I pictured. I think Wayne and Leachy are not like they're just no, competitive it's, alpha males. They're it, not it's the ego in them that's gonna they're not gonna sit out a challenge. They probably never sat out any challenge in their life. And let's be honest, I mean Leachy, he's full of beans. He's full of he's just had a lot of breasty bits of chicken the night before. So it's a I mean, Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, is that we him or have... Wayne who says that? I swear no, it's, it's Leachy. It's Leachy. It is. Okay. It's Leachy. Do you want to? Okay. It's it's pissing down rain. So the the challenge is basically they they stand on the plank. There's we've seen this challenge before. Like there's four or five the, the whole tribe and they've got to like work their way around each other on the plank without falling off the plank into the water. And then while they're holding a, a coit a coit, which is a basically a round bit of rope. And then when they when they get to the end, then after they've got past everyone, they put it up on the hook and there's like eight. They've got to get to eight. Um, so that's basically the challenge. Um, and um, Which, again, it's it's a great challenge. It's it, 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 simple it, it, and it's great. It, it, simple, cheap, good staple. I think I think I'll, I'd be happy to see this in every second season of Survivor, yep. um, this challenge. Unfortunately, our man Oldfield struggles. He he's the one. So obviously, the one at the end, they're the ones that goes first because they're the ones that got to get to the end. Obviously, so David Oldfield goes first and he struggles and he admits it later. We'll talk about that. He struggles for whatever reason. He he, he gets past. Is it, he gets past the women? He struggles to get past the men. Dicko ends up in later in trouble. Questions him about was it was he a bit you know was it because of the males? He didn't want to get too touchy with them, but it's not. It he struggles. Meanwhile, Kakula, they I mean they're killing it. It ends up being what eight to three. Yeah, uh, eight three. Is he? You know, it was uh, was it seven nothing at one point? Um, six nothing, I think. Like one thing I'll say. I would be shit at this challenge. I I would be chicken. That and that fucking beam is wobbling like nothing else. Um, and like I I just I would be terrible at that challenge. So I would be putting my hand up and say I'm sitting out at this challenge if I if I'm on Kukula. But it's <laughs> what I love about this challenge is that this is the weakest David Oldfield moment of the whole season. 
Um, you know, David should have had two or three attempts and then they should have gone like, no, nah, let's reshuffle the order. Like I kind of feel David is easily to blame for this. And then David kind of falls on his own sword, which is a risk because they could have been like, yeah, you suck. You're going home. Um, so like, I mean, this is David's weakest moment of this season, I will just say, but I, this brings us maybe the great, I don't want to say the greatest moment of this season. It's one of the great, like I, I, I've posted this during the week, no doubt on social media. I want this to be a gif. I just want this in my life 24 seven, Justin Melvy, the blowfly. Uh, when, <laughs> it's this is the first attempt when David's like behind him and Justin's doing this thing with his arms <laughs> And what makes it so much better is the music. Like Jay Stewart's music here, the dun 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 Like it's kind of got this like upbeat kind of funny little like you know upbeat almost tempo that's almost mocking it at the same time. And then you've just got Dicko in the background going, and now David falls for the seventh time. And like, <laughs> like he, this is the thing. Jeff Probst at this point would be fucking blowing an over. You've got to pick it up, David. Pathetic. Even JLP, I think, has gotten a bit this way sometimes with his, like, criticisms. And, like, that's what they're meant to do. Fucking call them out for their bullshit. I just love Dicko. He's just got to a point where he's just like, oh, and he's in again. Oh, and there's number seven. Like, there's got to be a part here where it's, like, Elton's getting frustrated. Elton's at one point basically saying, like, stop hugging him and hold his hands. Um, Like, surely there was a conversation of, okay, four times is enough. Fucking David, you're at the end. Like, we're going to put Elton in or something like that. And, like, as Amber goes through it with the breeze, like, everyone goes through a breeze. Uh, it's just, yeah, th- this costs them big time. Um, and it's actually interesting on the production notes on this. David Mason says here that it was hysterical to watch. It took both tribes over half an hour to get the hang of how to get past each other. And then David says, the technique is really simple. Instead of hugging each other closely, the easiest and most stable way to get past someone is for both people to hold hands and then lead outwards. With all your weight leaning out and counterbalanced by the other person, you're actually much more stable. It's a bit like tightrope walker using a balance beam. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. This challenge is brilliant. I fucking love Justin Melby the Blowfly. Maybe my favourite <laughs> image of this entire season I like that even more than Fiona Horn's breast. I know that's an unpopular opinion on this podcast with somebody I'm looking at. I'm sorry. I would rather Justin Melville be a blowfly than look at a boob of Fiona Horn. And that's nothing against Fiona Horn's boob. I'm just saying Justin Melville as a blowfly gets me more excited. So, yeah. And moral of the story, Kukula wins. Uh, again, three in a row. Three challenges in a row. Talking about boobs, we're going to talk about when Wayne was trying to get around the melon Gabby and, of course... Guy happens to mention something. Do you have that written down? I, I mentioned that before again, Matt. I said that. That's I know, why but I asked he, had, before. he actually mentioned what he actually said. Yeah, Gab, Gab, unbelievable, even with those melons. Yeah, uh, he said. He said. He says you're the easiest to get. And he's down the end. He's like, you're the easiest to get around, Gab. And then he's a, there's a bit of a blank, and then he's like, it's unbelievable. And he goes, even with those melons, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, oh, it was quite. I mean, it just shows you they obviously have a good sense of humor with Gabby. Like they know what, and she loves they it though. Jo- she does yeah. that little dance, doesn't she? Like, yeah, it, they know like, what they can joke around with her. With, and with, yeah. But this is a thing. Like, this is that favorite word we love, context. Like, you're not going to get away with this in 2021. No, like, even no, if no. even if Gab is fine with it. Social media is going to go alight with that comment. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be straight away flamed and Guy Leach is going to have to face three days of criticism of being sexist. Um, but, like, I think... And, look, I'm not, I'm not excusing comments 
that are like this and if they are, are, are offensive to people, don't do them. But like you kind of summed it there, like Gabby's joking around with them. And this is where I think it's important to look at this in that these are just some people having fun. And, you know, he's dropped a little line like that, which again, 15 years later, it's probably going to be taken a different way and people are going to take offense to it. But this is 2006. They're just joking around. Gabby just laughs it off. You know, like she doesn't care. I mean, I I find it interesting if they would even ever do this challenge again because like if you kind of watch the way they're hanging on to people, like I think at one point Wayne's like full on grabbing Gab's chest and like I mean it's it's you can't avoid it, right? Like you're hanging on for dear life. This isn't Wayne copping a feel. This is Wayne like fuck, I'm gonna fall, and you just happen to be grabbing the the chest. I don't even think Dicko's comment at the end would get away in 2021 when he's basically implying that. David, are you afraid to like get close to the boys? Like, you know, yeah. like it's kind of things like that, which almost feel dated now. But I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm offended or anything by them. It's just, it's just interesting looking at with 2021 lenses, but it's a yeah, funny definitely. line. It is a funny oh, a, Yeah, it is. It is. And it's all, it was all done in, in, in jest, you know, so, um, but three but in anyway, a row, three, Kakula have won three challenges in a row now, which if I'm not mistaken, uh, is is not a record, but I think it's up there in the top. Uh, I know they did win three at the beginning of this season, but um, I think in terms of Australian Survivor records, if I can pull up my stat sheet, uh, they're, they're in the top few in terms of uh, not many tribes have won three in a row, and they did it twice. Nice, so, nice. Yes. Um, you touched on it before about this is where David is probably his weak moment of the, of the season where he actually sort of does talk about him being responsible for losing this. Yeah. You know, he says that challenge, it was a disaster um, that his performance was under par that um, he keeps mentioning that he was the test dummy. And he, he mentions that later on. I like that is a test dummy. Maybe we can get a photo of David Oldfield on our social media being, the, being a test dummy. But um, it, when I thought about it a bit more, and he does go on about it a little bit, but he, I don't, I don't think he goes on about it too much. Like he's not, he's not doing what Fiona did where he's like, Oh, was it me? Was it me? Was it me? He's just saying, look guys, yep. I stuffed up. I was blow par. I accept that. You know, I can do better. And I guess he's trying to do it in a way where he's not, he doesn't want to come across thinking that, Oh, well, because he, he was clearly at fault. Wasn't he? I mean, there's no, everyone could see it was his, that he stuffed up. Yeah. So, this is David, though. I think this is yeah. how he does things, right? Like, it's that political way where, like, you know, he, he wants to take responsibility and he's kind of like, oh, I'll go if I... Ha-. Like, going back to my point saying this is David's weakest moment. Like, having said that, I don't generally think David... Like, I think, okay, David, I think, means it but doesn't mean it, if that makes sense. Like, mm. David's going to say this to be like, oh, you know, like, if you want <laughs> me to go. But if all of a sudden Elton was like, yeah, you're going to go, David's going to be like, well, hang on oh. a minute, what? Of course, yeah, of course. And, and I think even when he when he's saying, hey, like, and he's letting people know, yeah, it was his fault, I think it's more to say, hey, yeah, it was my fault. I'm taking responsibility. Now let's move on. Yeah, you exactly. Know? He's getting it out of the way. Let's move on. And, of course, like you said, you, you mentioned here, he, they go into the bush. So David and Elton goes in the bush. David just wants to make sure, and Elton, they just want to make sure that they're still on the right track. I love here that that um, David tells Elton that he, he's with him to the death. So this is after he says, oh, you know, like, if you want me to go, I stuffed up. And Elton's like, shit, man, no, no way, I'm with you. And then David's like, hey, I'm with you to the death. And this is one, I, I just wish we saw more of these two together because I, I think they could have made a real good charge to the end together. But um, it, it's an interesting duo. It's not one that I would have picked from, yeah, I like, I from like you know, day one. I like the confession when Elton basically says, like, you know, I'm going to look to David. And does he mention yes. something about the age thing being a bit there? Um, well, and But, I mean, you he, get kind of their summary here, don't you, when they're basically back and forth and it's basically like, oh, 
I, I, I fucked up. If you want to get rid of me, that's fine. Everyone's like, no, nah, man, I'm with you to the death. And like, okay, cool. Um, we're obviously going to go for Amber. And because I even had this little word here about like, oh, feel a little bit bad, you know, because we kind of yeah. promised it. But like David just tried it off. David yeah, he said, he said, oh, I prom- we promised Amber that we'd get it to the merge and da- David's like, oh, he doesn't care. He's like, oh, well, we- this is a game, you know, move yeah. on. But, uh, but yeah, you can get, de- Elton's happy that to let David be like the, the leader, the puppet master. Because I mean, Elton, no, he would be able to tell that David knows how to play this game. Yeah. Like it, it's obvious. And if you were in this game, like, trust me, if, if, if you're with someone that you, you're getting along with and they know how to play this game. Of course, you're going to go with them. Like, especially when you know that they've got your back at that stage as well. You're going to say, "Hey, like, shit, yeah, I'm going to go with you." Just, so, um, yeah, just quickly before, yeah, I, I, I comment a little bit more. I just want to bring this up because I know I'm going to forget. I just was mentioning about consecutive challenge wins, and so Kakula did it twice. Um, other tribes who have done three in a row to Para. Uh, season one, uh, Aganoa, Samatau, champions uh, on your season. Your contenders won three challenges in a row. Uh, not with you on it, though. Makudu, uh, <laughs> however you say it, on All-Stars and Vakama. Uh, tries that have done more, though. So, um, Sanapau. How do you say it? Sanapau? I can never say it. Sanapu. Sanapu. Sanapu, was it? It's been so fucking long since or some, it. Sanapu or Sanapu Yeah, that tribe. Uh, them um, and contenders and champions, both from season six, won four in a row. The Val, champions from your season, and Makutu, Makutu, whatever it is, from All-Stars, won five. Sanapu won 10 in a row uh, in season three. Challenges we're talking about here, not just immunity or, you know. The but that was, but remember, that was challenge. a three-tribe that was a three-tribe game, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they yeah. still won it at some point. They're still, you know, yeah. obviously it makes it a bit easier to win it if you, you know, two out of three win. But um, don't think that will ever be topped. So, uh, there you go. Um, yeah, it's one thing I also like here. Um, I like it when they're talking about uh, Kakula's winning. So, like, they're talking about uh, Gabby, like, being a ballerina. Justin does a little sort of, like, dance motioning around, like how they were meant to move around, everything along those lines. Um, but this is where I love Justin kind of like Justin has this little moment with Amber and Amber's basically like, you know, I'm not going to apologize for voting out, you know, Fiona, I had my reasons and kind of like Justin's like just listening and like, Oh no, I understand. I understand. And then kind of Justin's just all of a sudden just, he's, 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 he says he basically doesn't like, I'm still got your back. Um, and then you've got Amber saying, oh, Justin's giving me his word. Like Amber's fully thinking she's safe, but then Justin's the one who basically holds the ca- the cards here. And I, I, I'm going to say this right now, and we're going to have Amber on next week, and, uh, you know, we'll talk to her about this, but Amber kind of did this to herself, didn't she, by that move? Because, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's tricky on a tribe of that little people to kind of pull that off, and... Like, she's pissed off Justin to the point where he can just flip straight away the next week. If you had a couple of extra people in your tribe, yeah, you're going to be able to pull that off. And yeah, again, yeah. this is me being the Monday morning quarterback and kind of analysing this 15 years later. But, like, you know, if I'm sure if Amber wanted to play this game again and, and do this all over again, making that move against Fiona was, it was her downfall. There, there was no way she's surviving a week later. If they lost, they did lose. She's easily gone because, again, Guy and uh, – sorry, not Guy. Uh, David and, and Elton, uh, uh, they don't care. They're going to do whatever the majority does, and Justin's pissed off. There, there's no way Amber yeah. survives. You, you, you don't do a move like that where you're going to leave yourself in a tied vote situation, like a 2-2. So you yeah. do that, you know, if you're going to turn on someone, your own tribe member, you, you, yeah, you, you make sure then you're still – it's going to be 3-2 at the next tribal council, you know, at least that way. Yeah, and, and that was, I guess, where – 
Amber went wrong. And I don't know whether that was just because her knowledge of the game wasn't as good as, say, someone like, you know, Leachy or, or old and Amber knows and, though. Amber Amber said in the interview with us, didn't she, that she said that like I got stabbed in the back by the general hospital guy. Like she's not blaming David and Elton because again, like sure, David and Elton have said, "I oh, will take you to the merge." But again, you know, you you've played with them for what like two days. You're just going to take them for face value because they helped you get rid of somebody you didn't want. So, so what would have happened if I mean that was a, that would have could have easily been a tied vote two two. What would have happened in that situation? Um, did none of them had votes against them? Did they? Mm. Uh, so revote rules. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's obviously not something that kind of had happened at that point. So yeah, not too sure. But I mean, the other the other what ifs. You know, uh, had what if um, David had gone last week instead of Fiona? You know, how would that mm. would have worked? I mean, obviously, his Elton's probably going now. So uh, you know, come emerge in what two or three episodes? Two episodes. You know, that's different dynamics, of course, completely. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's always these what-ifs. It, it is a shame that it wasn't a, a tied vote. I would, I would have liked to have seen what, what David Mason, you know, would have would have done um, to, to get that, you know, to, to try to get someone uh, to be voted out, obviously, um, to work out who was going to go home. It's a, if it's a tied vote, no one's got votes. Would have they done fire back then? I don't, I don't think know. they would have done fire back then. I, fire wasn't a thing, was it? Uh, no, actually, no, Cook Islands did fire, didn't they? So that was around about this time. But I don't think Cook Islands had aired when they were filming this. So um, I reckon, he, seeing it was a celebrity, but I reckon he just would have pulled all four of them into, into his little cabin and said, listen here, work out who's going home because someone's freaking going home. Or, I've, got or, 12, I've, got, I've got 12 episodes to do. I don't need you guys ruining it for me. I've already got a stupid twist coming up. So <laughs> Each of you... Go into Dicko's room, drop a turd, and whoever's got the longest, <laughs> fucking you stay. Like <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's it. maybe it was going to be a tie, but maybe that's how. Maybe Justin Melby, you did pick it was going to be Melby. You pick maybe he was the one that just the big green turd. Yeah, I mean, and that's like if it was a tight final, I mean, it could have been a tight final tribal, but uh, you never know. Actually, one interesting point I'd say before we get into tribal as well. One of the discussion points over on Survivor sucks. Um, because obviously, you know, people are discussing this as it is, so they don't know, you know, it's not like they're re-watching this, they know what happens. So a lot of people are questioning how the winner would be decided. One of the posts here says, the thing I want to know is how will the winner be decided? Usually there are seven people in the jury. So of course, like on a cast of 12, we've got nine people left. So a lot of people are assuming that Amber's going to be the first jury member. Um, and so this person, this is uh, Survivor uh, Ivor, is this person's name, to give them credit. Uh, they said, if they are using this rule for this, Amber should be jury, juror number one. But no one said anything about a jury. Maybe as it is a smaller cast, they will have a smaller jury. I hope they don't scrap the jury altogether or they would remove one of the most important parts of the game. It's fairly clear that David doesn't think Amber will be on the jury or he wouldn't have screwed her over in the way he did. He and Elton owed a debt to Amber and shafted her at the first opportunity. Uh, which, again, it's an interesting point. Like, I, I never thought about that until I read that, that obviously on, on a traditional Survivor season back in 2006, uh, the final nine would mean that Amber would be the first jury member. So interesting have that to, people were thinking I, that. If I had to, if I was watching this at the time in 2006 and it was up to this episode, I think by that, this stage, I just would be assuming that Ben Wynn decides who's going to win. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> What a season that would have been. Your man Ben got a shout-out by David Mason in his production notes. Can I just say this? Um, they're, they're basically, David's talking about the food situation, and he was saying that the easiest... He's, he's mentioning the Kakula 
got a mask, a spear, and a fishing line. They gave up after day one, so no one's catching fish. David Mason says the easiest way to catch seafood is to put open coconuts on the beach at dusk, preferably with a burning torch nearby. That should attract the large coconut crabs, and it's possible to catch those and cook them up. Ben, the SAS survival expert, could have shown them all that, but Kakula voted him out too early. Call him bullshit, David. You, he didn't know that. He didn't know anything. I'm telling you now, until we get him on the show and he proves me wrong, I'm saying he didn't know anything. You know what? I'm actually thinking Oldfield might have been a better survival expert than than Winnie. <laughs> Mate, I'm a better survival. Actually, no, I'm going to say that because if we get him on the show, he'll hurt me. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to watch my mouth. <sighs> uh, tribe, can I just say, Tribal Council... Okay, like let's go back to classic Australian Survivor, the the you know the the oh, long so the the raincoats and everything that they were getting right. Australia, uh, Borneo, Australian Outback, they were given raincoats. Fuck it, these celebrities. You think this is a tough Survivor? These celebrities, they get there, they strip off, they get naked. Basically, here we got the <laughs> men shirtless and wet and buff. If if you had just tuned in for the Tribal Council, you would have sworn it was that you were watching a skin flick. Yeah. This is, I, I, I've never seen this before. And like, I'm a bit disappointed because there's one person that I wanted to remove their shirt as well. Dicko, you're looking all crisp in your black number with the white stitching. Mate, fucking join the boys. Take your shirt off. Come on, Dicko. Tits out for yeah. the boys. You know, how good is Oldfield looking for 47? He, yeah. He's matching, he's mat- no, I'm dead serious. He's matching it with Leachy, uh, with, with, with Elton and Justin. Uh, he would match it with Leachy as well. But, um, I wonder how Wayne would have gone if it was if he was on in yeah. would have Wayne do you reckon Wayne would have would have turned Wayne, it into Wayne's a skin flick? Not bad. You saw him shirtless oh. earlier next to the Legion, but like yeah. you're actually you're not wrong. Like you think about it, he's forty seven year old politician up next to the Wallaby vice captain and a soap opera star. Like these are two guys with impressive rigs because it's kind of part of their repertoire. Um, and he's old and and, and you talk about uh, Dicko having a crush. Dicko's got a bit of a crush on David here. He's, he, doesn't he say, like, you, you're looking pretty good? I've, I think I've written it down here somewhere that uh, quite a physical bloke, fit as a fiddle, is what yep. Dicko says here yep. to uh, today. And that's not bad from a couple of weeks ago when he's, you know, calling him 55 or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I'm, 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 so, I'm just disappointed that Dicko didn't take the shirt off too. That's what I'm it saying is, here. It is good. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I do love watching a tribal council when it's pissing down rain. Like, it really is to me, it's... It, it's a great ending to it to to an episode when it's pissing down rain and people are wet and they're cold and they're freezing and you know we've seen ones in the past especially in American seasons and stuff where they're literally like shivering and yeah. um and the torch gets uh, blown out yeah, itself they yeah don't even and stop uh, it. and it's great because it, it people it, it this is a part of the game I love because people that are struggling it makes them struggle even more and and that in the end you know you want the people to get to the end who who manage to get through all that, not just the ones that can, you know, it's all a part of the game, isn't it, to me? And if you can survive all that and get through, it's it's you, you deserve to get to the end and win. So, Well, I was just going to say one thing. Yeah, I agree with you, completely agree with you. And, that, I mean, that's one negative I don't like about those older seasons. We're like, you know, okay, like older Survivor probably did have it tougher and sort of, you know, it was – not as it, it is what it is, but I mean, like they got so many more clothes back then. Like you mm. know, I always look at someone like Purple Kelly in Nicaragua, who you know, part of the reason why she got sick and quit and all that sort of stuff is because she's basically only got a bikini to sit around in, in mm. pissing down with rain, you know. And at least you know, Tina diving into the water to save the rice. They had like fifteen wardrobes worth of clothes they were allowed to mm. use back then compared to what they got today. But one thing I'll say here: this is the first time I've actually genuinely noticed this 
We talked to David Mason about the fact that uh, often the, they were allowed to put makeup on before the tribal council. Amber, you can really tell is wearing makeup here. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've never noticed that before. And, I mean, that could be down to the fact that that was her, her reward item, but I don't think it was waterproof, was it? Uh, I can't remember. So, I was like, this is full on. Like, she looks like she just stepped onto a set. Well, she does do the ads later on for Olay effects. So, so I mean... True. I mean, she, it's smart by her. She's getting in there early, getting the promotions going. You can't tell me David Oldfield didn't get a little touch-up as oh, well. He, he, he would have got a bit, of, a bit of eyeshadow or something, but um, why not? But, he's looking uh, good with the scruff, Dave. Like you talk, I'm just looking at it here. Like Not only is the rig going well, he's got a bit of the scruff going, hasn't shaved yeah. in a while. Like He's and he, looking he, rugged. If you notice too, he's always making sure the hair is perfect. He's always, yeah. Especially when it's wet, he always slicks it back and... Great plan. Oh, um, and a man. It, um, Matt, come on. Dicko, Dicko talks to Justin as well. What does he say here? You had an alliance with Fiona who got booted out last tribal. He yes. asked him, are you this. dead man walking? To-? We could have almost had the dead man walking twist in this season. Don't make me vomit, Matt. Um, <laughs> don't take away from this great moment. I, I actually, like you brought it up earlier, that Dicko's kind of finding his feet. And this is, again, no disrespect to Lincoln in season one, but this is the real first time in Australian Survivor that we've kind of had a host who's actually bringing up the game in a way that like he's trying to get those answers out in like let's call some drama and like I love this bit where Dicko's basically like you know you were on the wrong end of that alliance you know you've, you're the easy vote out tonight are you dead man walking um, and you know Justin gives the, the standard diplomatic political answer of course he's not just going to come out straight away and pull a Philip Shepard and basically you know go off but it's yeah, like I just love that questioning line from Dicko. That's what the host should be doing at Tribal Council. That is why mm. Jeff Probst is still the best host on television today because he is so perfect at doing this. And like Dicko just had that moment right then and there. Whether or not that was pre-planned because like they know what happened, who cares? Like it, it works. Like, you know, Lincoln didn't really have that in the first season. And, and JLP has it but doesn't have it. Like I think JLP kind of comes and goes with that line of questioning. But and I was obviously going to come and go with Dicko because I, I I can't remember ultimately if Dicko keeps this up. But yeah, I I I applaud that question line of questioning from Dicko. That that was really really good. Um, but yeah, the the vote it's I mean it's a standard vote. Amber goes. It's a it's a complete whitewash. It's three to one. But I, I do like the lines there, like um, yes. when David basically says like he's all nice and he's like you know this isn't an elimination. This is for you escaping hell. To which Amber's is I was told never to trust a politician. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, she's like, guess what? I don't. <laughs> Which um, Amber she's, goes, yeah, she... and I've got, like, I know you're the script man here, Matt, but I, I've written this down because here I am praising Dicko for for his great line of question here, but I always feel like this is a very scripted poem that Dicko ends with here, and we'll, we'll, we'll eulogize Amber. We'll talk about this vote in a second, but I, I had to write this down word for it because it's such a weird ending to what Dicko says here. He says... So, Moso, then there were three. Moso tribe down, but out by no means. I see before me three slightly bedraggled guys, but I also see guys with a quiet determination. I think the rest of the competition should watch their step back to your camp. It's just, it's the way he delivers it. And like, one of my big criticisms about JLP is that his closing lines are so clearly scripted. He doesn't adapt them to the moment and the vote. Even with the Stephen Bradbury one, the famous one of like, looks like you've skated through again. Like he had that on hold ready to go as soon as something happened to Bradbury. Like that's my biggest thing about JLP that annoys me. This 
it's like a JLP line. It's it's very almost script, and it's just how he delivered. I don't know. I don't know if you picked that up, but like it was just it's so odd the way Dicko kind of has that little moment at the end there. It's almost like a poem he's trying to read. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it, I agree. It was a little bit of a weird ending, but can I say why do I read out the tree mail with you? That was great voiceover work there, Ben. You should be the one. Maybe because I should you, hand that you over to you. Experienced tree mail, Matt. You can put no. yourself more in the character, right? I like, never got tree. I never got tree mail on my. Well, on you my had a episode. tree and survivor. They just needed to add the mail. So so next. Next week on Survivor, Ben, we got well, uh, Justin. Before we get, Fil- before we get to oh, that, I, I want to eulogise Amber. Like, I think we need to talk about her. Um, oh, I've got know. her final words here. Don't worry about that. I'm not finished with Amber. Well, yeah, I just, I think, like, while we, you know, we mentioned her final words, but I think, like, you know, as a player, as a person, I feel like we didn't do this with Fiona a couple of weeks ago. We did it with Kim where we kind of talked a little bit about what they're up to now, obviously. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that with Am- Fiona last week. But, I mean, Amber's not the greatest Australian survivor player of all time. She's, she's not the the greatest personality of Australian survivor of all time. I mean, if you are remembering all the seasons of Australian survivor and you're looking at all your favorite players and all that sort of stuff, you know, Amber's probably not going to make you your top half, but I will say that Amber still left a, a, an impact. Like Amber's memorable. Amber has a great episode here with a lot of, you know, lines. Amber has maybe one of the most famous lines in this season. Oh, what do we have to do to get some food around here? Like, you know, that was always played. She arguably pulled off uh, one of, you know, the two biggest blindsides in this entire season. I mean, Amber has a has a part in Australian Survivor, and I have always been a fan of Amber. I think Amber's great television. She's maybe not the biggest celebrity on Celebrity Survivor. She arguably was the last person cast because Anna Kornikova pulled out. But I'm glad that Amber Petty was on this show. I'm glad that Amber Petty was on Survivor because... You know, I, I don't walk away disliking her. She's not a Ben Wynn. Like, why the hell was he there and, you know, didn't do anything for the show? Um, yeah, so I, I, I like Amber. Amber's, Amber's a hoot. Um, you know, we're obviously going to – we'll talk a little bit more about talking to her next week and everything and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm glad that we had Amber. I'm not calling her Queen Amber. I'm sorry, Amber. I know you were anointed Queen this episode. But, uh, you know, you're probably technically closer to a Queen than anyone since your best – friend is going to be a queen one day so maybe by that you should be but at the end of the day no imogen's queen and i still love you amber you're prince princess amber no, i agree with everything you say ben like i think she was great on the show i think she was a, a great casting i'm really glad i got to watch her play survivor um you know she, she she's this type of personality she's not gonna back down she's gonna do what she wants to do and they're, they're the players you want to watch you know you, you, you want to watch the players that are not scared to make moves she you, you mentioned that obviously she had one of the best blind sides this season. Um, yeah. And I, I just think it was, you know, it would have been interesting. If she lasted longer. Maybe she just needed, maybe she just needed a bit more knowledge about the actual game itself. But um, I think if she had that knowledge, she would have been a real force to be reckoned with. But um, I enjoyed watching her play. She, her charity was $5,000 for the Australian Red Cross, which is always an, a great charity to, to, to do. So um it was great that they got $5,000 from Amber. Her final words, she says, um, this is interesting. Well, she says it, she makes it clear that this isn't a soft survivor. Now, I know, obviously, you just mentioned she had makeup on during <laughs> um, during Tribal. But, like, I mean, it's, I mean, there was still a lot of going on in the show. Yes, they probably got a little bit extra than, than a normal season. But, um, you know, they're still out there toughing it out. They're still out there eating Old Fields, um, you know, crab risotto, um, hermit crab risotto, should I say. But um, 
I just like how she ends at her final words here too. She's obviously a big fan of Nicole and Imogen. Um, you know, she says, you know, go for it, girls, Imogen, Nicole. You're so beautiful. So glad I got to spend time with you. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and we, we've spoken to Amber. I mean, Amber is one of the, the, the nicest, best people you'll ever talk to. And, and I'm really looking forward to, to being able to interview her again and to, just have a chat to her again. I mean, um, the interview we, we've done with her in the past on the Oz Network was fantastic. It's still one of my favourites and uh, no doubt it'll be another great interview uh, next week. Which, yeah, you're right. And I think um, I just yeah went back and re-listened to that um, not that long ago in preparation for this episode and speaking to her again and um, forgot I made her cry. So that was always interesting. But um, no, I think the thing with Amber too is that if you were to talk about anyone who was the least suited to this season... Uh, her and Kim probably fall into that category. And I think Amber admits that. Like, Amber basically said in our interview that she flat out would never do this again. Um, and, like, again, we got that with her edit. Like, a lot of the time, you know, when she's sort of... She she was the one that people wanted to... Like, people watching a celebrity version of Survivor are expecting to see people complain. And, oh, this is terrible. And what am I doing here? So, like, Amber kind of fit that mould. Um, but, like, she did it in an entertaining way. And... You know, she she was definitely one of these people back then who were like, oh, she's not a celebrity. What's she doing on there and all this sort of stuff? But, I mean, post-Survivor, like, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about her next week. But, of course, like, in our interview with her, she talked about she was, you know, wanting to get into author, becoming an author, writing books. She did some radio in Adelaide. Um, she still writes a, a column every now and then, I believe, for the Daily Telegraph because she posted about a year or two ago uh, that big article about reliving her time on Survivor. Um so, you know, she, she's got uh, uh, had a lot going for her um, and, yeah, looking forward to getting back. And just a reminder to people, again, in sort of the lead-up to next week uh, when we talk to Amber again, that uh, go back and listen. It was, uh, it was You find it on the Oz Network. You won't find it here. It was essentially our backdoor pilot for this show. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating chat to kind of hear her talk about uh, what she did. And I'm actually really hoping to get more Survivor because I really actually listened to that interview. She doesn't talk about Survivor a lot. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be interesting yeah. to kind of uh, go back and really get into it. And I realize she doesn't remember a lot of it, but we'll, we'll get it out of her. Yeah. I, and I don't think she hasn't watched it in a long time. But um, And I think, too, from, from when we last spoke to her, I believe now her book, I believe you can pre-order her book, so we'll so, talk well, about that ask, as well. That was my number one question because we did that interview in 2019 yes. and she was like, it's like 90%. She's like, oh, I guarantee you it'll be out in 2020. So I didn't know I, if it would come out yet or not. I actually listened to a great podcast um, about six months ago that Amber was on. Um, I forget what the podcast was. She put it up Oz on Network? her Instagram. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I listened to it and um, – it was, a, oh, it was a fantastic uh, interview, you know, that she spoke about basically, obviously, about the royal wedding and stuff. But, you know, just about her being in radio and, and basically her, she's a hustler. She is. She's a hustler. She She's hustled from, you know, from from basically her whole adult life to, you know, to get where she was. She does great things. I, know, I don't want to give everything away, for, obviously, for the interview, but she does you know, foster care. She, all this stuff. I mean, it, she really is fantastic. But, yeah, she did mention in that interview, in, in that podcast interview that, um that her book can be pre-ordered. So I'm looking forward to to discussing that with her as well. And of course, yeah, all things Survivor. Which is, yeah, so that'll be next week and uh, looking forward to to bringing her back. And uh, again, uh, I get to be excited as well because uh, she's one of the closest things to a Tasmanian contestant in many ways because her best friend is Tasmanian. So, you know, I, I, I mean, more of a Tasmanian than Shane Gould. Just, just pointing it out there, people. Talk, just, talking about books, I mean, there's books, survivor players and being authors and writing books, they're, they're coming out thick and fast lately, aren't they? There's been a lot of 
lot of books being written by it's my goal it's my goal like i i went out of my way and got all of sylvan's books which i still haven't read i've read that snippet on air apologies for that but uh more i i i would like to long term own every book ever written by an australian service i've got i've got like 20 to catch up on fiona ambers mark wales mr sas uh, on, on channel 10 is just is it out yet matt can we give a plug for it is it out or is it just uh, i i think you can pre-order that one as well i'm not sure the exact release date but have um, you got a book coming out matt <laughs> my well, time on survivor that'd be a short book no it'd be my time doing podcasts with ben waterworth <laughs> you're not allowed to do you i know in the u.s version you uh i mean I, I don't know if it's still the case but it used to be back in the day that you on your contract you weren't allowed to write a book about your time on survivor um, um yeah look is that in your been, contract oh, look it's been it's been a while since i've read the contract but yeah i think from memory of the top of my head without looking at it you can't you basically can't use the survivor sort of it's like the word survivor or, or not just the word, but anything to do with the survivor then to go on to make money. I don't know. Is that why Johnny Fairplay had to change his to reality? Uh, NSFW? Look, I, I don't know what happened there. I, I, I don't either. Uh, that's a whole other kettle of fish, but uh, yeah. it's safe to say now that I know that we can never make money off this podcast. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> you know, thanks to you. I'm going to fire you and I'm going to fucking get cable on and then we can actually make some money. So, oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's, look, it's been a while, but, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's something like that. But, yeah, a lot of people are writing books, Ben. Well, uh, stay tuned. Who knows who else? We'll, we'll get um, uh, Kim Johnson's book about Survivor. Probably not going to happen. Now, um, Matt, before we, before we wrap it up, next on the – obviously next week, Amber, the following week with the recap, um, steak – incident i'm looking forward to that um there's a there's a lot going on it's 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 a big episode the next one of celebrity survivor because we get the biggest blind side of the whole season i will say it's the i say it's the move of the season i say this is what this is the um you know the the vote that that i feel changes this season uh this is kind of like the joel moment of season one so, uh, you know, we have the big power couples basically coming together and only one can survive. So, uh, which it's actually interesting to think that it's the biggest moment of the season that sets the tone, but ultimately the power couple that gets broken up wins the season anyway because of this dumb twist. So <laughs> um, it's, it's weird. Try explaining that next episode. But uh, anything <laughs> else to add on, on the next uh, recap after our Amber interview in two weeks' time? No, I'm just um, uh, looking forward to... Getting Amber back on the show. Beautiful. All right. And in the meantime, um, I, I, I'll do the plug and then I'm going to get you your, we're going to do a quick straw poll here, Matt. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I believe, yeah, we're on iHeartRadio now. We're on plenty of other platforms. As always, leave us some feedback. We appreciate hearing what you think of the show, uh, whether you like it, you hate it, somewhere in between. I think this episode's about a three and a Three and a half out of five. Not not our best, but not our worst. So, you know, middle middle ground. Um, and all the social media as well, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those sort of things. Follow Matt. Um, what is it? Uh, I suck at Survivor. I think that's on Instagram. <laughs> that's his handle. Uh, getting more followers. And mine is I'm never going to be on Survivor, so I suck worse. Uh, so find us on Instagram. Follow us. Matt, we've... Um, We've been doing well this season with our, with our closing songs, obviously. A couple of uh, Holly Valances. We've had Imogen Bailey, a couple of uh, Fiona Horns. Now, I, I've, I've pulled up the list of top 25 singles for 2006 in Australia. Now, uh, we've covered some of these, but I thought, like, let's let's do a quick little straw poll here. 
and I'm going to let you make the final decision because, again, we, we didn't bring up a song at all in this episode. So, you know, he's, he's the top 10. I'm going to go from 10 to 1. And uh, you you decide here. Now, we've already done number 10. We've, well, we've done another song by her. Nelly Furtado, Promiscuous, was the 10th biggest song in Australia in 2006. Uh, we had Pink with Who Knew. Not one of the best. Here's a blast from the past. This name hasn't been mentioned since 2006. Lee Harding with Wasabi, Eye of the Tiger. Australian Idol fan there. That's a terrible song. Do not choose that song. Uh, Youth Group with Forever Young. Young Divas. This time I know it's for real. I believe we had Young Divas already, haven't we? Um... Here's a banger. Scissor Sisters. I don't feel like dancing. I'm voting for that one. Uh, Justin Timberlake, Sexy Back. Shakira featuring Wycliffe Jean, Hips Don't Lie. TV Rock featuring Shawnee B, Flaunt It. And the number one song in Australia for 2006, Sandy Thom, I Wish I Was a Punk Rocker with Flowers in My Hair. I, I'm voting for Scissor Sisters, but I, you get the final say here, Matt. You know what? You, I, I see the enthusiasm right now for that song i'd actually don't I, I don't know that song probably when i hear it i'll know it you just, know that song. well i'm sure i will know it so let, look take it away ben let's, All right. let's do it let's let's close it up thanks very much everyone for tuning in my name is ben and i'm gonna go grab some breast meat <laughs> the breasty bit ben the breasty bit. my name's my name's Matt Dyson. And you know what? While you're doing all our social media, get on Peter Everett's site, give him a like. And you know what? I'm going to go start stalking his and trolling his uh, Instagram right now. Until next time, see ya. The object is to transfer eight coins. G'day. I'm Russell Coit, and this is my backyard. Kakula, you dine on chicken tonight. I feel like chicken tonight. Like chicken tonight. Chicken tonight. There is a new queen of the tribe. Yeah. It is me! Queen Amber. It is yeah. me! Amber, 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 Amber. Do not forget that. Elton and David do owe me one, and they have told me that they they will owe me one, and that's something that they've said, oh, you know, you have our word, you know, we'll look after you, we'll watch you back. So I'm just going to see who comes out as a man of their word. By voting off an original Mossa member, you are taking a risk, because now the numbers... Now you don't have the numbers. Mosso, mosso, mosso. It's getting very blokey around there, so I'm just realising that I'm probably going to be talking about a lot of sport over the next couple of days. <laughs> but Queen Amber will remind them that I'm here and there has to be some girly talk at some point. <laughs> See, a 45 has much more of a dull thud. Yeah. It's much more comfortable without earmuffs to shoot a 45 than a 357. I've got a 357 back. Oh, there? Yeah. Also, I don't want to suck up to her, you know what I mean? I'm being nice, and I also don't say, oh, you know, baby her. You just want to be fair? I don't, yeah, I just want to be fair, and I don't want to baby her. Yeah. If she expects to be baby, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Yeah. That's not my character. You know? I'm trying to explain to him that, you know, I'm more than happy for you to be the leader and, you know, I'll, I'll be the general and go and do all the order stuff, but just back off on, on my gads because it could lead to our demise. Let's see what Woody Woodpecker left for us. <laughs> I've been complaining about the muscle being stacked up on the other side. It's now stacked up on my team, so I don't know how I've managed that, but it's all good. They all suddenly figured Fiona was out. Was that a sad day? Elton, truth? Not over. Wayne struggling to get on. Iron Man zips up like a god. If I'd known this morning 
the way I woke up feeling very tired and very flat that that was ahead, I would have been swimming all the way back to Sydney. <laughs> and that would have been probably less traumatic than that challenge. Oh, good girls. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm very sure close. we're all aimed up to, well, we'll rip it up tomorrow. Yeah. Personally, I was planning on using some of our lemons and limes and coconut milk and wrapping it in banana leaves and baking them. So I had sort of sorted out how I'd go about cooking it. We don't have risotto. For a day or two now, I've been collecting hermit crabs. Risotto, and I've just been uh, risotto now. Risotto, um, experimenting with how to best get them out of their shells intact. Risotto, if I can successfully get the, uh, the, the minuscule shells of these very small hermit crabs into a risotto, an edible risotto rather than chewable crab. Risotto state, then I think we'll have a fairly tasty risotto meal. No, it's good. Is it alright? Yeah. David's got this um, big idea about hermit risotto. Crab. I'm a bit scared of it, really. I'm going to have to eat it because it's going to be too rude not to. Knowing David, risotto. we'll probably pull it off and it'll be fantastic and I'll be asking for seconds. Risotto. But the thought at this point is like, oh, do we have to? Can you give me a nice little. Um, Breasty bit. There's a breasty bit there. Have you, you guys had some? You choose what you want. I'm good, I'm happy. I'll, I'll come in with that. I'll try to get some light on. Whatever that is. Is that alright? Just a breasty bit. Yeah, look, I think probably if there was a there was a phone call on the hermit crab paste and the um, fried chicken, I think probably the fried chicken might come in just a little higher. Whilst we finished up with a fairly nice sort of hermit crab type risotto, it wasn't so good that the hermit crabs are in any danger anymore. The hermit crabs on this beach are now safe 100%. They need not scurry at my approach. They'll no longer be afraid of David Oldfield. The crabs are safe. We are their friends. We live in peace with them and will not eat risotto. You're quite a physical bloke. You look fit as a fiddle. What was the problem? Risotto. Oh, don't rain. That's just going to be boring, boring, boring. Guys, going to have to take this immunity idol back. Immunity challenge today. It's up for grabs. Welcome to Survivor Blackpool. Snoop Dogg! You know what happened with the D-R-E? 